Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Let's do this. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert. Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi, Gerard and Rhino, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this Tuesday. Joining us now in the studio, Representative Jason White. He represents District 48. Of course, he's the Speaker Pro Tem of the Mississippi House of Representatives. Thanks for coming in this morning, Representative. Good to be with you, Gerard. Good to be here. Uh, I'm glad we're um, not not having to talk about a super, super devastating event from yesterday as far as our Mississippi residents are concerned. We, we kind of dodged we a little spared. bit of a bullet. How about your district? Um, we were, we're good. I mean, we got some trees down, a few folks without power, but considering what it could have been and 16-year anniversary yesterday of uh, or day before of Katrina, look, we're, we're mighty blessed and fortunate. Yeah. Uh, Senator Bryce Wiggins, was he was sharing video on social media, like, uh, with the weather behind him, you know, from his home, and it was just incredible. The torrential rains, the wind, unbelievable. It really was, for sure. So we were fortunate in that regard. Okay, so last week... We had a couple of days of hearings on potential for tax reform in Mississippi, and and, uh, specifically the discussion was about eliminating the Mississippi state income tax, phasing that in. And, of course, that uh, would involve at least the way the bill that was drafted in the House and passed the House this past session would involve increase of sales taxes on certain commodities and a decrease on groceries, certain groceries. And all that kind of gets wonky with respect to uh, you, you're raising this over here and you're decreasing that over there. And you guys had two days of lots of folks come before you. I was uh, honored to be one of those. I closed it out. I was the, the you did. You, you drew the short straw of being the last guy on the last day of of uh, about. I don't know, probably 16 hours of talking tax policy. And, and you know, uh, when I signed up to run the first time 10 years ago, I probably didn't – that probably wasn't the sexiest point of that, what I wanted to uh, sit through two days of. But after digging in, you know, over the last 10 months, year on this issue, really digging in. We, we've kicked it around for a while, but, like, really digging in into the numbers and the process and how it might could be done. Um, it is It is kind of fascinating when you start looking at – at state budgets and how government is funded and and you know if you heard any of the testimony before you those two days um it's it's a dynamic issue of of um you know first of all i think we gloss over the fact that this is other people's money these yeah. are taxpayers right. are taking their money and <laughs> and it's a you know it, it's supposed to be a sacred trust that we have to spend their money um for government services and and things that people have come to expect from their government now that is a debate in and of itself and maybe that's not why we're here today but but my point is that money and then what we do with it and and what we're saying is 
there's a better way. It's better for you. You know what best to do with your money than we do. And we think we think the net result is more than a positive for the citizens of this state. As we look at potential uh, federal uh, tax increases coming down the pipe, um, any relief we can give to our Mississippi city citizens, we think is a plus between the inflation and, and probably tax hikes that we know are coming. Um, I was in. What did you think about your your step into the foray of of making of the sausage at the Capitol? Um, I got tickled because usually uh, successful businessmen and entrepreneurs that that come and meet with me at the Capitol on a particular issue, a lot of times they're they're getting away from there as fast as they can. They're like, I can't believe people uh, come and and act this way. But I mean, I know you know how the process works. But, yeah. Um, I thought it was a good two days. Yeah, I did. I, I uh, was there, of course, for the entire afternoon of, of day two, but I went back and reviewed testimony from others the, the day before and in the morning. And and so you heard from a range of, of policy experts uh, that represent various advocacy groups. And then you also heard uh, from associations and groups who have a vested interest in, in this kind of policy, and, and they and they stood up and, and delivered commentary on how this might impact their industries, their members. All that, I think, is great input. And while I might not uh, totally agree and perfectly align with them, I, I, I do respect that that is the way the sausage is made. And I respect you guys for having that sort of wide variety of uh, speakers in to come test- testify and offer their perspective you got a lot of different uh, views. You know, something I talked about yesterday, uh, Representative, that, that just, I came away with is that you got people who think we should raise taxes here in the state right. of Mississippi, in the legislature. We got That's people right. who think, no, we need more money to go to government, and government needs to have control of more of people's money. They can improve the quality of life better than individuals in the private sector can. You, you got those who believe in this legislation. Uh, and you got those that think uh, on the other side, we don't uh, have to increase sales taxes. We can just totally eliminate the the uh, income tax, and we can just pay for that with just drastic cuts to state government. So somewhere in the middle is probably <laughs> it's kind of the takeaway I have. Look, and, and that was our, you know, that was the the impetus, if you will, of the House bill. And again, everybody keeps saying, well, y'all keep bringing up the House bill. Well, right now, it's the only thing we got in front right, of us. So, right. And I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm I'm willing to, you know, it's our baby, but I'm willing for, for anybody to poke a hole in it or add to it or change it or fix it. And, and so there's no pride in authorship there. It's just... To your point in, in the opening, in your opening statement of our segment about it gets pretty wonky because it's it's a lot of levers being pulled and a lot of things moving around and and um, I challenged one of the speakers on the second day that who who spoke before you did who was uh, heads up the Mississippi Economic Council who is is. Uh, he didn't articulate why it was against the bill, but he's he's against the bill and he's against the elimination of the personal income tax. And my point is, it's not just enough to be against it. You got to tell me, you got to tell me why. You got to tell me um, what the problem is. Right. If, if if we're not blowing a hole in the state budget, where people are concerned about us funding essential you know services that that our citizens have come to expect, um, and, and I. I did also pose this question to Grover Norquist when he when he testified about I thought the House bill had a great feature that regardless of how you felt about any of the rest of it, it capped government growth at one and a half percent. And he stopped me in the middle of my question about that and he said, 
that feature alone is worth the price of admission. In other words, if you're a fiscal conservative, when you, when you come at it that way on, on taxes and, and government, um, that feature of the bill alone was worth, um, as he said, the price of admission. So I liked that it capped that, and we don't see this huge growth. But it, but it still was reasonable in that it allowed for 1.5% for inflation so right. that we don't get ourselves in a bind where we can't fund roads and, and police protection and, and the, the other things, the education, the things that we do need to be funding um, and improving for all lives in Mississippi. So... I thought it, I thought the House bill was a good trade-off, but but again, we're not married to it. We just we want to see we want to push it across the goal line. And I I really I'm not I'm not um, blowing your skirt up here, but I liked your comments about whatever we do needs to be bold and it needs to be immediate. It doesn't need to be something that just through attrition in, in 35 years from now, my kids wake up one day and they go, oh, the last piece of the income tax rolled off today. Right. Big big deal. We're, we're still in last place. It needs to have enough uh, appeal to it that it makes a headline somewhere, especially as we got testimony from so many guys and girls last week who said other states, especially southern states and red states, are considering these very things that we are. We don't. We certainly don't need to get behind uh, them on this issue. Yeah, and, and it's my feeling is that we've got to do something. I describe it as transformational. And as you recall, Representative, kind of my parting words were: my fear is that we're going to do something token, uh, such as cutting the four percent bracket, which amounts to two hundred dollars. And if we did that uh, along the same approach that we did the three percent bracket at one percent a year, that's over four years, you get a two hundred dollars savings. I don't consider that transformational. However, politicians being politicians on their bingo card in the next election cycle, they'll say, "I ju- I cut taxes. I voted to cut taxes." Look, and and I. I I have kidded some of our policy experts who who are economists and and think tanks and guys who we were, we were trying to get their opinions and and get this deal right, but it's pretty clear pretty quick that they've never had to corral votes in the House or Senate to pass legislation of any kind. That's not a critique on them. That's not their job. That's my job is to, yeah. to figure out how to put the votes together. But I, I would I would remind your listeners and, and and even you when that bill passed the house it passed with 74 uh, 71 republican votes and 13 democratic votes including uh, the current leader of the democratic caucus yeah so we thought there was a broad enough appeal that um you know when you get 85 votes for something in the house you you you're usually on the right path yeah we got a break right here. You can hang with us. Yes, sir. That sounds good. We got Representative Jason Wright, Speaker uh, White, excuse me, Speaker Pro Tem of the Mississippi House of Representatives. We'll be right back on the JT Show. I've been waiting so long. I've been waiting so long. I've been waiting so long to be where I'm going. In the sunshine of your This show was previously recorded. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service is your central Mississippi boating headquarters. RJ's offers top-of-the-line brands like Skeeter, War Eagle, G3, Express, and Bennington pontoon boats, all powered by Yamaha Outboards. RJ's Outboard, 1208 Old Fannin Road in Brandon, the dealership that's service-built. 
Morgan Stone has been serving builders, contractors, and homeowners since 1997. They have everything for interior and exterior projects. We have all kinds of stuff. Marcus, let me tell them. Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone. That's right, Zeta. I'm Zoe Morgan. We're rock solid since 1997. Statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morgan Stone in Brandon. Morganstone.com. Employers, are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, service specialists have been connecting hard-to-find qualified candidates for employers. Has COVID-19 changed your staffing needs? We have candidates for all of your clerical, administrative, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Call us at 601-898-1085. Service specialists, the expert recruiters, helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967. Now with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, and Oxford. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five pounds Gulf Shrimp Labor Day Special, only $24.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Carrier Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Patrol, in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began, we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi roadways safe. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. This Labor Day broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse. Come dine with us. Tico Steakhouse, where the locals gather. East County Line Road in Richland, 601-956-1030. Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Wonder bumping us into this segment here on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Representative Jason White, the Speaker Pro Tem of the Mississippi House of Representatives, is our guest today. 
So uh, overall, uh, I thought it was uh, it was good testimony, and y- you heard from a, a diverse array of uh, people who I think uh, offered their perspective on the impact. We heard from the Manufacturers Association. I may not remember them all. The Restaurant Association, Mississippi Manufacturers House Association. I've got a list uh, of them here. Mississippi Hosp- Economic Council. Go ahead. No, we did. You, you hit them all. Uh, between the MEC and the manufacturers, manufactured housing, yep. uh, auto dealers, restaurants. Um, we also heard from our state economist. We heard from the Tax Foundation. We heard from the National Tax Union. Uh, we heard from our own legislative budget office about the real the real impact and what they see as far as the, all the different levers, if you will, that we're, we're pulling um, in the House bill. Um, we heard from Department of Revenue about where our money comes from and what we, how we dole it out, so to speak, as yeah. far as all the diversions and different things. Um, we we also heard about you know changing workforce and economy, and we heard we heard from more from some politics from the standpoint of you know we heard from one voice and some issues, and their testimony was basically we don't tax enough, and not only do we need to raise income tax, we need to. Uh, Put in an inheritance tax in Mississippi and and some other things. So tax and wealth that was proposed. We will tax wealth, which is again what we're trying to get away from. I want to I want to uh, incentivize you and your money and you making it and you keeping it and if you choose spending it. Yeah, Um, I think think that's what we all want. We should also point out that the speaker, something you alluded to uh, in the last segment, the speaker also said, "Hey, look, if you've got some ideas." on uh, how to work through some of the, the problems here or some challenges that, that we're not aware of, We've, we're on board with in, in, uh, exploring anything. He, he, I saw him do that to virtually every speaker last week that came forward with their concerns. So I respect him. He's not wed, no, it's my way or the highway attitude, and neither are you, Representative. So. No, 100%. And, and we did. We tried to reiterate that over and over to the to the different folks who who uh, maybe have concerns or, or problems with, with this idea, or maybe even specifically with the House bill. Um, you know, and I did try to stress that to some of the speakers who were there to advocate for their associations and, and people they represent to say, well, this is bad for my people. My point was, look, You've got a governor on record multiple times saying he's for the elimination of the personal income tax. Um, you've got a speaker and you've got a House of Representatives who have actually passed it. Um, you've got the chairman of finance in the state Senate now, Josh Harkins, saying he wants to see tax reform and the elimination of the personal income tax as well. He was willing to have those hearings and have these experts come in and talk about it. So, I, you know, Barney on Andy Griffith would call that a clue that hey our our <laughs> leaders are are headed in the direction of doing away with this so don't tell me no tell me how to make it better right. or make it right, right. Um, and and let's find the right fit for for citizens um, Michael Watson's texting me now <laughs> hey Mr Secretary <laughs> hello Mr Secretary I won't tell him what you said I won't tell Gerard what you said on oh there. gosh no anyway we we are. Um, we want we want to get it right. Yeah. We don't want a Kansas disaster, and we're so far from what Kansas was doing. It's that you know that was brought up several times, and you know the sky's falling kind of yep. thing. And we're nowhere near um, the bill actually prevents that in the form of of, of the spending caps at one and a half percent. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, has been expressed as an objection, as you well know, uh, Representative, is is those who earn their income 
from sources as retired Mississippians that sources that are exempt from personal income tax feel like they would they would shoulder some of this burden because they would they would uh, recognize an increase in sales taxes on certain commodities and, and we've talked about that the speaker has too when he was on several months ago you know I even suggested there's something we could probably do to maybe phase that in and and I don't know it creative tax credits we could get our brains around this issue and try to address it Look, the different economists that have looked at that issue and looked at people's spending habits, especially retirees and and seniors, say, over 65 and how they spend their money. Um, And and first of all, you know, you hear people say, look, in politics, if you're explaining, you're losing. But but this issue is one of those that is so, so detailed and and so all over the place because of complicated tax codes um, and the way we collect our revenues to fund government – it it is it is complicated and it does require some explaining. But when you look at truly what people spend their money on, especially retirees, I think I think the biggest negative that anybody came out with was about a negative impact of twenty bucks a month on a senior. And that is a very that that was one that was on a very small fixed income that actually was still buying a few big ticket items. That yeah. that wasn't the 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 the, the average senior spends most of their money on groceries and medicine um, and rent. And, and, of course, medicine and, and rent is not um, taxed. Medicare as well. Insurance, which is right. not taxed. None of that Energy is, is not taxed. Fuel is not taxed. And the In bill, terms of sales tax. And, and, and one of the features to guard against hitting retirees too hard was we were cutting the grocery tax, which has long been railed against in Mississippi, um, that we have one of the highest in the nation or whatever. So we're taking that from 7% down to 35 So while they are getting an increase in the general sales tax of 2.5%, they're getting a cut in their grocery tax of yeah. 3.5 cents. And, and it's almost a, a, a wash there. Yeah. And then you had, as you're well aware, we had uh, communities, uh, mayors, cities, et cetera, that had some concerns about that because of the diversions. Most of what is sold within their city limits are, are groceries. And so if there's a decrease in sales taxes there, that would decrease their diversion. That's revenue they need to operate the city. And that was addressed as well. We went in and addressed that. Um, and to the, to keep them whole, we doubled the diversion on the grocery tax, um, you know, if, if our bill had been implemented. It would take care of that. And so once they saw that and saw it on paper, um, they were good with it. Yeah, and so issues like that were addressed. Um, and there, like we said, there are people who would like to see us raise taxes in the state of Mississippi. Uh, and I think maybe one, maybe two speakers actually uh, presented that and suggested that, and, and that was a concern. So one of the things that comes up as well, representatives, is, well, why can't we just cut expenses, spending in Mississippi, sufficient to offset this $1.7 billion pot of revenue that comes from, and that's at, that's at today's, a present value of money, uh, $1.7 billion of revenue that goes into the general fund, which is about $5.5 billion, I think. Most right. of the rest of that that's comes right. from sales taxes. So that's a question that comes up. I, I think hey, you and I've I, we're a, all on board with I've got, a, I've got a notebook right here, and they can well, pin. They just show me what they want to. Agree. What, what services they're ready to get rid of and, or cut back, and I'm, I'm, I'm with them. Yeah, and I think that's the point. But here's something we got to keep in mind. The, the governor, when I had him on the show at the Neshoba County Fair, he said his top priority, legislatively speaking, was a teacher pay raise. 
I, I don't think I'm, I'm misstating that. You've no, probably heard that as well no, around the Capitol. If you looked at, at what he wants to do when it's fully phased in, what he wants to do, it costs about an additional $150 million. $50 million bucks per $1,000. every year. Yeah, $150 million. So right off the bat, just to start digging into uh, spending as a way to offset income tax, you got to account for this additional $150 million. That's right. That's right. Along with, you know, our infrastructure needs, um, you know, you got infrastructure and that going on. You got education and, for instance, that teacher pay raise there. Um, and, and nobody, look, I hadn't run up on hardly anybody in the legislature that, that doesn't want to pay teachers more. Yeah. So, and I hadn't run up on constituents who, right. who say, you got to cut those teachers pay or no raises. The issue is prioritizing that with all other with all other things. Uh, I think you'll see a push from the legislature this year. Um, I think we're, you know, uh, wanting something very similar to what the governor wants with regard to our teachers and, and getting them finally to the southeastern average. Here's something that came out in some testimony, on, I believe it was on the first day. Think about this. I think the examples we kicked around during those two days was a person making forty, forty-two thousand dollars a year, and what this plan would do for them. It's, it's a fifteen hundred dollar pay raise yeah. for that teacher. Well, as you know, I I put models together just on my own, and without even uh, conferring with the speaker in his office. They came to the same conclusion I did, and we did this totally That's independently. Right. That's right. So that, I think, is a good audit of the process and, and the uh, the inputs and the assumptions we made there. And like I've said, I'm willing to have anybody come forward and say, no, this is the problems with your model. You need to adjust it to that. we got a break. You want to hang? Got a couple more things. I can hang. All right. It's good. we got Representative Jason White uh, in the studio. Stay with us. This show was previously recorded. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today's sunny conditions, high near 91. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 68. Your Saturday, mostly sunny conditions, high near 93. Saturday evening, mostly clear, low around 71. And for your Sunday, a slight chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 93. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at nodripms.com. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And wake on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. You already know that Madison Cellars is Madison's favorite place to buy wine and spirits since 1988. On Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center, Madison Cellars has a hometown feel with a big city selection. Do you have a question about which wine to serve with a certain dish? Call 601-856-0931 and let their knowledgeable staff help you find the perfect match. Find out more at madisoncellars.net or stop by today. Madison Cellars on Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center. 
Window Tint Headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free Guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where custom is our game. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the tractor store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to save more with Mahindra. And it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models. With tractors that deliver more less capacity, fuel efficiency, and built-in weight. So get zero down, zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra, the world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra, available at the tractor store in Richland. I'm Stephen Gagliano. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Mississippi Highway Patrol's Labor Day enforcement period continues as we wrap up the long holiday weekend. All available troopers remain scattered across the state as they crack down on speeding and distracted driving. Checkpoints are also being used to enforce seatbelt laws and to remove impaired drivers from the roadways. During the 2020 Labor Day enforcement period, the Highway Patrol investigated 121 crashes, resulting in seven fatalities. And college football season has returned, and Scott Waller, president of the Mississippi Economic Council, says it's a huge economic driver for the state. It's not true tourism, but in a lot of ways it is, because it gets people there, it gets people in the restaurants. On a Saturday, if you tailgate, you're probably going to spend six to six to eight hours. If you just go to the game, you're going to spend three to four. But still, you're doing things in that community, and it makes a difference. Waller says communities depend on revenue from football season for their annual budget. Hey, it's Richard Cross. Join us every weekday for the College Football Fix, driven by Ford. The all-new 2021 Ford F-150 is here with available interior work surface for putting in work. Standard sync Ford technology plus a huge 12-inch touchscreen and pro-power onboard outlets for all kinds of jobs. Not only is the all-new 2021 Ford F-150 tough, it's smart. Built Ford proud. Built Ford tough. See a Ford dealer near you for details. And don't miss the College Football Fix, driven by Ford. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Compassion. Determination. At AmeriCorps, my commitment to equity gives every student a strong start. My compassion brings food and friendship to neighbors in need. My determination protects parks in my community. Every day, AmeriCorps members and volunteers live their values to make communities stronger. What's at your core? Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. Mississippi news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. At supertalk.fm, you get news from all over the state. From stories to keep you safe, to legislation that could affect your bank account, to weather reports to help you better plan your weekend. Plus, find in-depth interviews with the newsmakers in the Supertalk podcast archives. And everything Mississippi sports. Your Mississippi news. All the time, on air and online at supertalk.fm.fm. 
This show was previously recorded. This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. We got Representative uh, Jason White, Speaker Pro Tem, in the studio today. Really appreciate him coming on. We're talking about the potential for tax reform. So, obviously, the other thing that comes up from it's, it's such an interesting uh, juxtaposition to me, honestly, Representative White, because I got people that are on the right who say we absolutely can eliminate the income tax and we can offset that hole that blows in the budget with uh, massive spending cuts, and it would be over 30% of the state government. be about a third of the state budget. Yeah, would, would just be eliminated. Uh, and then we got those who say, we need more money in the state government so we can create more <laughs> programs. And it's it almost makes your head spin, uh, kind of consuming all that. But here we are, we've got this, this bill, at least, that... Uh, on the surface, as it's drafted right now, uh, t- uh, increases the personal exemption substantially, such that a, per- that a couple making eighty thousand dollars would pay no income tax, an individual making forty would pay or below no income tax. They would uh, see a slight increase of sales taxes on certain commodities. Just want to explain that again, and then a decrease on on groceries. And to those representative why who say. Okay, we could just consolidate school districts. We got too many school districts, and we could achieve substantial savings in doing so without having to raise sales taxes to get this this uh, income tax decrease or elimination through. What do you say to the, that? The, the problem with something like, let's say, that idea is everybody thinks that's a great idea as long as it's not their school district or as long as you're not – sending kids from the school district that you're dissolving to their school district. So it it sounds great in theory, but everybody's like, okay, just don't do it to me. So nobody's raising their hand saying, and you say, oh, well, then look at the ones who are are failing and need to do something different and just start with those. But again, those kids have to go somewhere. And everybody's saying, don't send them to us. So the politics get real tricky. It it sounds great, you know, uh, over drinks, it doesn't. It doesn't sound so great when you sit down and say, "All right, guys, whose ox is fixing to get gored?" Nobody yeah. wants it to be theirs. And boy, constituents, really, when you start fooling with things that are local and to them, um, they start hollering real quick. Yeah, and so the uh, just the point. And, that and, and if you did all of that, you might consolidate some of the back office parts of administration. But it doesn't. Okay, let's take a pie in the sky figure and say it save you a hundred million bucks. We're we're only one point six billion short now of where we need to be. I, and I've I've done that math as well and came to that same conclusion. It's maybe a hundred million dollars, and not, and not downplaying the value of a hundred million dollars. But let's also keep in mind. 
we got, uh, I believe, the lowest paid teachers in the country. That's and, right. uh, and the governor has said he wants to increase teacher pay. It's a top priority for him. That's 100, you just said in the last segment, $150 million. So, and then the, if you look at where else the general fund money goes, Medicaid's next. That's right. That's $900 million. That's right. And then corrections next. And then I it's am, like I, everything else is the other 20%. Let me throw a number at you. My first year in the legislature, 10 years ago, the Medicaid budget was $520 million. Yeah. And, and what did you just say, 900? 900 million. Yeah. Close to a billion. And Drew Snyder over there has done a fantastic job. No doubt. Uh, because, I'm a Drew fan. Well, yeah, without, I think without his leadership, we'd be sitting on a, a billion two of that's Medicaid right. based that's on right. the trajectory before he got in there. So, uh, And that's a tough one. And, that, of course, a, a federal match program as well. We did realize a significant surplus last year, billion dollars, I believe, but most of that was helicopter money, as I call it, just federal money that just fell out of the sky. Now we got another $1.8 billion coming our way. That's right. We hadn't even talked about that yet, right? And there's some restrictions on how that money can be spent. There are questions as to could that perhaps uh, be used to kind of phase in the elimination of the income tax. What about that? I know there's but some rules on that. The, the the quick look at that to this point has been it would not. But what it would. But we, as you just mentioned earlier, um, we are sitting on a billion dollars where we were over estimates that we took in last year. So there's a billion aside that is not dedicated that is has not been spent um, that is sitting in the in the bank bank account of the state of Mississippi. Yeah. That could be used. You know, I, the the House bill, if it had been enacted, would have also created a half a billion dollars going into a budget stabilization fund. And if we need to not put that two and a half cent, if we could phase in the two and a half cent sales tax increase and delay it slightly and use this billion dollars we have to get us there, um, that might be another, you know, that might be another dynamic change to the bill that might make it more palatable to some people. But um, those are all, you know, political decisions that that uh, some kind of way you got to cobble together a uh, a vote in the House and Senate and find yeah. something that the governor um, is going to get on board with. And he, you know, uh, to his credit, he's been consistent in saying that he doesn't he doesn't want to raise anybody's taxes right. in this deal. I get it. Um, you heard multiple. Folks testify last week who are who are not Mississippi Republican people. They're not Mississippi Democratic people. They're not even Mississippi people. They're just guys who looked at the plan and looked at the way we do our state budget and said, this is a net tax decrease to Mississippians, really to the tune of almost $750 million. Yeah. And uh, true. I know Grover Wark- Norquist was on the program after he – uh, after he testified, and he he said the same thing. He said he he said if I were voting, I'd vote for this bill. Is what he said. As is so, and it's it's also something that it's worth pointing out is is that tax on the income is compulsory. You don't have a choice. Uh, tax on what you spend is not. It's it's voluntary, so to speak. And that that has always been considered more consistent with con- conservative approach to taxation. All the way. And look, if we were setting this up, if, if you and I were forming a new state today and we were going to have to fund certain government services, we would never set it up the way it's set up now. Right. We are taxing your income. Right. That, we just we wouldn't do it. We, You and I, if we had the pen, we would go to a consumption model based on 
the taxpayer makes the choice when they spend their money. And, and economies tend to work out a whole lot better in that way. And, and again, though a lot of people said, oh, well, we're not Tennessee or we're not Florida or we're not Texas where there's no income tax, so we can't compare to those. Why can't we? Yeah. It's, the, it, it's the same things. Those people keep more of their money and spend it on what they want, and they have thriving economies. That's the going big and bold. Uh, aspect of, of uh, certainly my message last week is uh, we, all too often I think we, we look at other states in, here in Mississippi and say, well, we're just not the other states. And i got to tell you just anecdotally, when I started my business in 1985 in the IT business, people just said, oh, yeah, people, you can't succeed in Mississippi doing that. And I said, well, just watch. Uh, and, you know, t- we, we just have a did. tendency to cave too quickly. Yep. And now's the time to do that. This is a political firecracker. And, of course, the folks in the legislature, they're worried about, as they say, getting their picture taken off the wall. So certainly there's a way we could come together and maybe give everybody something, if if uh, if possible, but get something transformational done. That's got to be the goal. What I want to see as a Mississippian, something I've harped on for as long as I can remember, is our per capita income and our household income ranks 50th and has since they've been tracking that information. I want to see that go up. And I think until that rises, we won't really achieve our maximum economic potential. Well, this would automatically give them a bump. It Absolutely. would automatically give them a bump. It would give our teachers a pay raise. And and we're going to do something on that this year as well, which they would they would you know, receive a trifecta there. we got a couple of minutes left. Got to ask you about medical marijuana, what you're hearing there. Are we going to have a special session? How are we doing? I think we are going to have a special session, Gerard. Uh, the House and Senate is very close. Uh, Lee Yancey in the House, Chairman of Drug Policy, and, and um, Kevin Blackwell in the Senate, Chairman of Medicaid, they have worked extremely hard um, on getting House and Senate on the same page. Now, we've still got to... Uh, vet that to, through our entire House body. As, as pro tem, one of my jobs is, is the majority whip, if you will, or, or, or the caucus chairman or whatever. So we've still got to vet that through our Republican caucus and find out where our votes are. But but we think we're very close. Um, there have been some very technical issues. And as you know, then our commissioner of agriculture weighed in here late saying, don't give it to me, boys. Yeah. And so we're, we've got to deal with that issue. Um, we're close. We're yeah. very close. Well, uh, I think a lot of people are waiting to see what happens. And, and of course, the governor said, we're not having a special session until I know the votes are there. And you guys got to do some vote counting uh, before you convene, and I know you will. I think we'll have that part done in the next week to 10 days, okay. and then, then we'll see where we go from there. So maybe in September? I'm in the month of September. middle of September. Okay. Yep. That, well, we'll be watching for that. For Class sure. is half full over <laughs> at the White House anyway. <laughs> Representative Jason White, pleasure having you on the program today, sir. Thanks uh, for coming on, and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Thank you. Appreciate you. You got it. We'll be right back here on the JT Show. Stay with us. This 
show was previously recorded. Lakeland Fireplace's new expanded showroom is now open, and you've got to see the selection. Lakeland Fireplaces has over 25 display units, including the popular Heat & Glow to choose from. And remember, with Heat & Glow, you can forget about those headaches and unpleasant odors. Oh, by the way, their showroom has 19 live-burning fireplaces. While you're there, be sure to ask Zach Sandlin about their premium lines of gas grills, too. It's all at Lakeland Fireplaces, just east of Dogwood in Flowood. At Elias Agris Management and Southern Ag Services, we work for you. Our agents and consultants were born and raised in the same communities you work, and the agronomic and economic expertise we bring to the farm manages risk and maximizes production with the experiences many of you have shared with us over the last few decades of working together. We're committed to you, and we're thankful to be a part of your business. Let's prepare to pass it on. Elias Agris Management and Southern Ag Services, the partnership that yields. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store. LS Tractor understands your passion for the land, and just like you, LS Tractor is committed to excellence and superior products. LS Tractor comes with a long list of standard features that are unmatched by other brands and backed with the LS commitment to provide exceptional customer service and satisfaction. You get a lot more for your money with the LS Tractor. Come to the Tractor Store in Richland to experience the LS difference. The Tractor Store in Richland. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Super Talk Mississippi, your new home for the Ben Shapiro Show. We don't hold back. We never shy away from telling you the truth. The most electrifying national talk show on air today. We have the most important guests and the biggest thinkers in America. Ben Shapiro, brutally breaking down the issues of the day. From politics to pop culture, we take a look at all of it. So don't miss out. Weeknights at 9. For something new and unique in talk radio, take a listen to the Ben Shapiro Show. On Super Talk Mississippi. This is House Call for Health. Updated national guidelines to help fight diabetes. A government advisory group is now recommending earlier screenings for diabetes, beginning at age 35 instead of 40, for overweight and obese Americans and other high-risk groups, including blacks and Hispanics. The advice from the Preventive Services Task Force stems from rising rates of both obesity and type 2 diabetes, while researchers point to the health benefits of prevention and early treatment. Three out of four U.S. adults are over weight or obese. 14% of adults are known to have diabetes already. One third have been diagnosed with prediabetes. The task force lists a few things that could prevent or delay diabetes in adults with prediabetes, mainly a healthy diet and exercise. And a diabetes drug, metformin, although that drug hasn't been approved for that specific use yet. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health. I'm Lisa Brady. Fox News. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, the Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, the Super Talk Eagle Hour are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. 
Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. The JT Show. Super Talk. Super Talk. Mississippi. The ceasefire text line. Coming up after news at the top of the hour, John McKay joins us. Haven't talked to John in a while. President and CEO of the Mississippi Manufacturers Association. And uh, let's let's go ahead and deal with this before I get to mine, Rhino, from the ceasefire text line uh, from the 662. Cher, who is 74, is marrying a 27-year-old, says it's real this time. Uh, Rhino, you've done some research. Yeah, the uh, the Snopes version, or the, the Snopes for Gossip, Gossip Cop, determined that that is simply a gossip rumor. It's not true. So Cher is not marrying a 27-year-old. Sad 27-year-old noise. Aww. We are searching for a but She did try to volunteer at the post office, and they said she'd have to pass a background check. Oh, well, that knocks her right out. Those years with Sonny Bono alone are going to knock her right out. We are desperately searching for a vaccine. This is a, a, a convoluted process. They're trying to fast-track it. They're trying to make this go as quick as possible. And there have been a lot of different challenges, as you would expect. Nobody saw this one coming, Rhino. You know what one of the big stumbling blocks right now in testing the vaccine candidates is? What's that? We have a monkey shortage. We have a monkey shortage. The vaccines, the, the way it works, they test them on primates because genetically they're closer you know, to humans. Somehow I feel like this is Carol Baskin's fault. It's going to wind up being her fault, I guarantee you. They have more than 100 different vaccines and therapies that are in development. Uh, And there aren't enough monkeys to go around (laughs) to test them all. Guess why we have a monkey shortage? Because they had been getting the monkeys... From China. I cannot make this stuff up. China has been providing 60% of the monkeys imported into the U.S. for medical testing. And after COVID-19 hit, they shut down their monkey export business. So we were even getting over half of our test monkeys from China. We are we are getting a clinic in why you should not depend on one country for all your stuff. Something that President Trump has been saying since before he was elected. And, and we're getting a, a great example of it. To the point to where we can't get enough monkeys. Did not see this coming. 
Wouldn't have had it on my bingo card. Wouldn't have marked it off if I had. Now, having said that, if you would like to help in the fight against COVID-19 and you happen to have a couple of monkeys laying around, call somebody in I don't even know who you call. The Department of Monkeys? I mean, who 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 handles this? 35,000, by the way, the number of monkeys imported last year. 35,000. Yeah. 35,000 monkeys we brought in last year. How many barrels of monkeys is that? <laughs> that is a great point. How many monkeys are in a barrel? Got to be an answer to that. I used to get those when I was a little kid, the little barrel of monkeys. And you got them and they were cool for about five minutes and you realized all you can do is just hang them. Of course, Google has an answer to that question. How many monkeys are in a barrel of monkeys? Twelve monkeys. Twelve. A barrel contains twelve monkeys, but it can hold twenty-four. That's a lot. Uh, that, that, that's a lot of barrels of monkeys. Then thirty-five thousand last year, and there's twelve per barrel. Which that's a little short of three thousand. Three thousand barrels of monkeys. Two thousand nine hundred and seventeen barrels. Well, since we're short on monkeys, I wonder if we could just import some hungry, hungry hippos. That that might work. Stomach growl on cue. Yes, it was perfect. I planned that. I've been working for that. Should have had breakfast. <laughs> Thomas and Greenwood on the ceasefire text line. And 12 Monkeys was the virus movie. It's all coming together. Everything links up, dude. Everything. I knew I messed up when they told me to either take the red or the blue pill, and I said, nah, I'm good, and had a little Debbie's. I would have been making these connections, man. That movie would have not been nearly as successful if they had just called it Barrel of Monkeys. (laughs) Totally different audience. Coming up after the news... And if he's listening in before he comes on, he is incredibly confused about what he's walking into. But, hey, that's the service we provide here at Super Talk. John McKay joins us after news from Fox and News Mississippi. Keep it here. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Lillian Wu. The U.S. reports more Americans have gotten out of Afghanistan. The State Department tells Fox News the U.S. was able to get four American citizens out of Afghanistan. A senior official says they were about to exit through an overland route and says all four citizens were in good condition. The official says the Taliban was aware and did not try to stop them from leaving. Fox's Nita Vogel. This would be the first overland extraction the government 
residents confirmed since it ended its air evacuation effort last week. And tens of thousands in South Lake Tahoe get the okay to return home. They had to leave when the Caldor fire caused a mandatory evacuation. Authorities warned those going back to bring what they needed to be self-sufficient and that people with breathing problems might want to keep their distance a little longer. Fox's Tanya J. Powers, America's listening to Fox News. The First Place Mississippi Braves return to Trustmark Park for their final homestand of the 2021 season, Tuesday, September 7th through Sunday, September 12th, versus the Montgomery Biscuits. Join us for Bark in the Park on Tuesday, First Responders Day on Wednesday, and Drew Waters MVP statues for the first 1,000 fans on Thursday, Thursday. On Friday, the first 500 kids, 14 and under, receive a back-to-school backpack courtesy of the Mississippi Department of Health. On Saturday, September 11th, the Braves will honor all first responders and military and feature post-game fireworks presented by the Mississippi Department of Public Safety and Commissioner Sean Tindall. The regular season concludes with a family fun day, 2.05 p.m. matinee on Sunday. The regular season concludes with a family fun day, 2.05 p.m. matinee on Sunday, September 12th. For tickets and postseason playoff information, visit MississippiBraves.com or call 888-BRAVES-4. Join us this week at Trustmark Park as the Embrace close in on a double-A South regular season title. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. As cleanup along the eastern seaboard continues, Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith is amazed that some of their death tolls are higher than those in the south. This storm was a ravaged storm, cat, you know, Category 4 storm. And uh, we, we knew that we would have a lot of damage, but up the east coast, it was more than I anticipated. The botched withdrawal from Afghanistan is a huge stain on America, according to Congressman Stephen Palazzo. So we, we betrayed them. We betrayed um, the Afghans. And what really concerns me, Paul, is the credibility uh, going forward. You know, are these countries going to partner with us? Are they going to believe in us? Um, I don't I don't think so. He says Nancy Pelosi didn't want to answer inquiries regarding an investigation into Afghanistan, but they'll continue to demand answers. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Determination. At AmeriCorps, my commitment to equity gives every student a strong start. My compassion brings food and friendship to neighbors in need. My determination protects parks in my community. Every day, AmeriCorps members and volunteers live their values to make communities stronger. What's at your core? Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. The Department of Transportation got a big check from the state treasurer's office. State Treasurer David McRae presented MDOT with a check for unclaimed property totaling over $53,000. MDOT has stated that they'll use the money for road and bridge projects around the state. According to McRae, you may have unclaimed property waiting for you as well, with 1 in 10 people having some amount of unclaimed money in the state. To search for property in your name, visit treasury.ms.gov. 
A lot of people trust the Farmer's Almanac for seasonal forecasts. The longtime publication says this winter could be harsh from north to south. Rob Dawson with Fox has the story. Below average temperatures and above average snowfall for New England, parts of the Appalachians, the Ohio Valley, the Deep South, even southern New Mexico. But the Farmer's Almanac is questioned every year for its accuracy. The Almanac claims an 80% accuracy rate. I'm Kelly Bennett. Trustmark checking fits you to a T. Use the My Trustmark app to bank anywhere from your truck to a tent. Make mobile payments at retailers from Tampa to Tacoma. And with new Plus checking, you'll even get discounts on trips. Trip? Oh, hey, you stole my line. You need Plus checking. It has identity theft protection, too. Don't stop about Trustmark. People you trust. Advice that works. Member FDIC. One of the things I enjoy most about raising catfish is the end result, the fish on the truck headed to the plant. I like that because we raised a good product with a, with a good team and a good uh, result from, from all the hard work that we've done. I'm Terry Cruz, and I'm proud to be your 2020 Arkansas Catfish Farmer of the Year. We all have to eat, so if you're going to eat, eat U.S. farm-raised catfish. Richard Cross, be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. This show was previously recorded. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Informed, engaging, and always brutally honest. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert. Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Joining us now in the studio, we're very honored and pleased to have Mr. Ken Starr. He is presently of counsel with the Lanier Law Firm, former judge, former U.S. Solicitor General. Uh, Mr. Starr, it's such an honor and a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. It's so good to be with you. It's good to be back on Super Talk after a couple of years. Well, it, again, it is a truly an honor, sir. Your your career is quite distinguished, and you are quite an accomplished uh, American, and uh, this country, I would say, is proud of you in that regard. Guard. I know you've Thank been, you. yes, sir. You've been focused uh, somewhat on uh, what you're terming as a crisis, and that's uh, religious liberty in this country. And you and I were just talking off the air. It's, it's like the pandemic has kind of brought this into even more uh, perspective. It really did, and it was what prompted me to write the book. That is, with the pandemic in March of last year, uh, a number of governors uh, issued orders that really stopped worship services or severely limited worship services. And this was truly a first in American history. And they did so in ways, some of the governors, obviously not all or even a majority, but in some of the largest uh, states in ways that really severely uh, 
hampered the ability of people of faith to gather together to assemble, even though they were willing to abide by all of the protocols in place, masking requirements, social distancing, and others. And the extreme case what came out of Nevada when the governor there permitted essentially casinos to operate at half capacity, which could be literally many hundreds of people, but places of worship, no matter how large the sanctuary or auditorium, the place of worship, were limited to 50, 5 and you just said, you know, this isn't right. So this was the occasion when I said, we need a book that talks about our history and tradition of religious liberty in our country, which goes back to the founding. It's firmly rooted in our Constitution, and that will be available to everyone, accessible to everyone. I like to, as a grandparent, I like to envision grandparents reading to their grandchildren, or obviously parents to their children. But I wrote in such a way that high school students, and maybe even some middle school students, can read and understand they don't have to worry about, oh, I don't think I went to law school. Not to worry. This is for Americans. This is for Americans who love our culture of freedom and want to learn more about it. When you hear the example, uh, Mr. Starr, about uh, Nevada in, in that case, the inconsistent application there. Well, the casino, these are the rules, and the church, these are the rules. Do you feel that that is intentional? Is it is it an intentional targeting and uh, inequitable treatment of a religious institution? Is is there some intent there? It's um, you know, judge not that you be not judge, but it's hard <laughs> to understand. Um, so it's a natural inference to draw that there must be something that is saying essentially, and many uh, governors did. Worship and the gathering together of people of faith, whatever their faith is, is simply not essential. Think of that. That is not essential. So, yes, going to the hardware stores, obviously the grocery store and so forth, these are essential activities. But so is the gathering together of people who want to gather together, again, abiding by the protocols. That's one of the key things. They weren't saying we do not intend to wear mask or whatever the order might be. And that was what struck me as being so extraordinary. So let's just take what they did, the governors did, and then let's compare that then to the great and fundamental principles of American liberty. That's what I'm trying to do in the book. Yeah. It's hard to believe that uh, here so many years after our founding, which to a great extent was based on religious liberty, they were having to have this fight, it seems like, in the public square. Yes, it looks as if we've not progressed uh, in time. Uh, to the founding generation, religious liberty was really at the forefront. Even before in the First Amendment you get to freedom of speech and freedom of the press, you come to religious freedom, including something which is really under pressure these days, and that is the ability of individuals to follow the dictates of their conscience, you know, within reason, but to be able to say, no, I cannot, in fact, accede to that practice or that law, that regulation. And historically, we've protected that, but we're moving away from it. Here's the good news. The Supreme Court of the United States has rallied, including very recently, in favor of these religious liberties, including freedom of conscience, and they're doing so 
they being the justices, unanimously. Hmm. That's a source of great comfort. Hmm. And I talk about it in the book, that even though the culture may be shifting ground, the Supreme Court remains a great friend of religious liberty. It has nothing to do with their personal views. It has everything to do with our Constitution and the Bill of Rights. That's good to know, because they're obviously liberal justices presently on the court. And and most of uh, what what appears to be these these kind of targeted inequities at at religious institutions are coming from left states, uh, Democrat governors and and Democrat leaders, et cetera. So that's that's actually comforting to know that when it comes to the Supreme Court, even those that would be considered on the left side of the aisle uh, find that that uh, this is a problem. <laughs> And they are upholding our constitutional framework. Exactly. In, in a highly polarized environment, yeah. we they are finding common ground where they can unanimously, in controversial situations, not easy situations, say, we are striking a blow in favor of religious liberty. That's what the book hopes to convey. Where it gets, I guess, complicated is uh, when you start to integrate that into the private um, business settings, the private sector. When you've got uh, certain business owners or business managers that uh, make certain decisions and take certain action in their operation of their business based on their religious beliefs, and that's considered uh, trampling on others' rights. How do we deal with that? How do we reconcile well, that? And that's a very important uh, issue, and happily, once again, the Supreme Court has spoken to it in the case a few years ago called Hobby Lobby. We yeah. all know what Hobby Lobby is. And there, the court upheld the right of this conscientious family, the Green family of Oklahoma City, to follow the dictates of their conscience with respect to providing certain kinds or refusing to provide certain kinds of contraceptives. They said these three we will provide as required by the government. We will re- we will follow and the government's dictate with respect to 18 of these methods, but three of them we view as taking of uh, innocent life. Yeah. That's our view. Not everybody's going to agree with it, but welcome to America where people have different views. So are <laughs> we going to accommodate that view? And the Supreme Court upheld the right of that family in a for-profit family-owned enterprise to, in fact, live out their religious liberty. Now, of course, many uh, companies are publicly held, and that makes it much more complicated, a governing board, a CEO, and so forth. But at least for family-held enterprises, the Supreme Court, once again, has struck the blow in favor of religious freedom. It it also, uh, I guess, makes me think about the Little Sisters of the poor, I believe, right? I mean, a not-for-profit entity that had the same issue. Yes, exactly. Trying their best to live out their faith and following the dictates of their order's uh, conscience. And there again, the Supreme Court has been very solicitous, very supportive of the religious liberty of these groups, including, and if we have time to talk about it, maybe in the next segment, a case involving the city of Philadelphia and Catholic social services. Huge win for religious liberty, and once again, unanimously. Wow. So uh, we got just a couple minutes in this segment. How can we protect our faith, just the average citizen out here? What can we do to keep our religious liberties intact? 
one of the basic things is education. Education is so formational. Indeed, let me quote, uh, it's very short, from the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, reenacted by the First Congress in 1789, religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and Mm. the happiness of mankind. Mm. Schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. So we know education is empowering, it's transformational. I think, and this is what the book is designed to do, so we can educate ourselves, doesn't matter how old you are, about our culture of freedom. We educate ourselves, we inform ourselves so we can be intelligent citizens in the marketplace of ideas. Hmm. It, it just seems like that when government gets busy and they start making laws and they start making rules and regulations and policies, it always kind of has these unintended consequences, as they are referred to, where, well, we didn't really think about that, so right. to speak. We're going to talk yeah. about that in the next segment. If, if you'll respond, we'd appreciate it. Very good. Thank you. we got Mr. Ken Starr in the studio. Stay with us. The JT Show. We'll be right back. This show was previously recorded. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. For your Labor Day, partly sunny conditions, high near 86. Tonight, 30% chance of rain, partly cloudy, low around 71. Your Tuesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 89. And moving into Wednesday, a 30% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 90 degrees. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. It's that time of deer again. The time to save some bucks at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolden since 1871. All deer products 10% off during our customer appreciation week. Monday, September the 6th through Saturday, September the 11th. 50 pounds of corn, 749. 50 pounds of 13, 13, 13, 1275. 50 pounds of rice bran, 799. And a 350 pound boss buck feeder for only 249.99. It's that time of deer again. Customer appreciation week at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. This Labor Day broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse. Come dine with us. Tico Steakhouse, where the locals gather. East County Line Road in Richland, 601-956-1030. Shark Tank's real estate tycoon, Barbara Corcoran, only recommends Lee Garland in the Jackson area. Lee Garland is the number one real estate team in all of Mississippi, as published by the Wall Street Journal, directly responsible for helping over 9,000 families reach their real estate goals. That's over $1.25 billion in real estate. And those hard-to-sell listings, they just make the elite team even more motivated. Success stories like Stan in Northeast Jackson. Lee puts superior marketing strategy into gear, guided Stan with advice on preparing his home for market, and it's sold within 48 hours for the asking price. And in those cases where real life happens, Lee will let you out of your contract at any time or will give you an instant cash offer. No showings, repairs, or hassles. I wouldn't recommend Lee Garland without personal experience.
experience and a long list of outstanding, satisfied clients. Call Lee Garland Group today, EXP Realty at 601-983-1130. Visit LeeWillBuyIt.com and start packing. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream, the new degree of comfort. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. This show was previously recorded. The switches are thrown. The signals are given. This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Ken Starr is our guest in the studio talking about religious liberty and uh, his book, Religious Liberty in Crisis, Exercising Your Faith in an Age of Uncertainty. So, Mr. Starr, we were just talking about how often government, sometimes with good intentions, uh, and it's not just religious liberty, but uh, anytime you have something that is so foundational like this, it, it uh, is a, a, a high priority sort of item and, and a high-profile item that we need to be concerned about, which is they make laws and they make regulations and they make rules and so forth that they think are helping one group, but at the same time they're encroaching on another, or certainly from a rights perspective. That seems fairly uh, appropriate for this subject matter. It certainly is. Uh, in fact, your suggestion uh, of unintended consequences uh, puts me in mind, and I discuss this in the book, of school boards, uh, and we've litigated this issue. Once again, the Supreme Court of the United States has rallied to the side of religious freedom. But here's a specific human example. A high school sophomore named Bridget Mergens wanted to start a Bible study club in her large public high school. And the school board said no, all the school authorities, and said no, if we allow you to do that, we would be violating the Establishment Clause that you should not hmm. be promoting religious activity, etc., as a school. Uh, And this case went all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States, and the Supreme Court upheld her right to have her Bible study club. The school board had forgotten religious freedom is the baseline. Now, you cannot have school teachers and the public schools system trying to proselytize. We all understand that. There there are limits. But when we're talking about a truly voluntary act of religious liberty, then let's protect that. And the school board just completely, and the school officials along the way, completely forgot that. And <laughs> what I hope that my book will do is help 
educate overcome some of these, whether they are prejudices or whether it's ignorance, whatever the source is of the refusal to permit freedom to flourish. We have a sweet land of liberty. And if you're not allowing freedom to flourish, if you're saying, no, we're going to cancel you out, then there's a real serious issue. And I hope that this book will provide an avenue for people to educate themselves and be able to converse in the marketplace, going to the school board and saying, wait a second, I'm not a lawyer, but here's what uh, I understand to be one of the principles of religious freedom that binds us all together. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems to me like just common sense. It, it's not compulsory. You're not requiring students to join these groups, and you're not conducting uh, and endorsing these groups necessarily. You're just giving them the freedom to organize, associate, assemble, and use their own resources, and maybe meet in a classroom every now and then or something. I'm glad you use terms like assemble and associate <laughs> because – uh, I don't know where you went to law school, but you learned very, very quickly. Not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a citizen, and you're yes. an informed citizen, and that's what this book is designed to do. Uh, in fact, let me mention a case that the Supreme Court just decided three months ago unanimously, and they talked about the free exercise of religion of Catholic Social Services of Philadelphia, which was unwilling to place foster children in the homes of non-traditional families. So it was really part of the culture wars. And Philadelphia said, you're going to lose and we hereby de-license you, so you're out of business. Even though Catholic Social Services had been providing these kinds of services to the children, the precious needy children of Philadelphia, for well over a century, the Supreme Court of the United States unanimously upheld the right of Catholic Social Services to follow the dictates of its conscience as a free exercise of religion. And then one of the things that the court made very clear is Catholic Social Services is not trying to impose its religious views on anyone. Right. That was your point. Right. About these precious children in schools trying to form their Bible study clubs and so forth. And again, if everyone stops yelling at one another and just says, you know, freedom really is the baseline. So how can we be most promotive of freedom because that promotes human dignity, that promotes community? Right. So we also, I guess, have to think about what's going on in Afghanistan. I mean, to a great extent, what's happening there is rooted in religion. Exactly Uh, right. And and I've seen reports from, from American Christians uh, even Jews in the country that uh, and other faiths, it doesn't really matter. If they're not strictly adhering to the wishes of the Taliban from a religious perspective, their very lives are at stake. It's a terrible tragedy, and one of the cruel ironies is that after World War II and what happened in Europe, especially under, uh, under the Hitler's terrible regime, is that the world came together, led by, among others, Eleanor Roosevelt, and they fashioned the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And one of those provisions, Article 18, lifts up the idea of religious liberty for all persons. It's a fundamental part of humanity and human dignity. And that's what's at stake in the unfolding tragedy and disaster of Afghanistan, targeting minority faiths and persecuting them and indeed even martyring these terribly endangered individuals from different communities of faith. I know you talk about uh, a chapter, at least in the book, talking about cancel culture. And one of the things that I think uh, has, has really 
come into focus given this Afghanistan debacle. We've talked about it here on on the program this week. Is that to a great extent we're spoiled when you look at Afghanistan. Yet we have, and, and what I mean by that is, while we certainly have to be vigilant, as you explain in the book, in protecting our freedoms, and we've we've got to hold our leaders accountable to make sure we do that. The fact is, what we deem to be uh, problematic, certainly by many on the left who are constantly criticizing this country, uh, demeaning it, degrading it, and referring to it as unfair and and systemically this, that, and the other, and, and persecutory in nature. And then you look at what's happening in Afghanistan, and you see the, the stark contrast. What are they thinking? Well, we have many blessings of liberty. That's the way the founding generation put it in the beautifully crafted preamble to the Constitution, to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity. And that is exactly right. The founding generation wanted liberty. I keep coming back to this fundamental point. Liberty is the baseline, not canceling people out because you disagree with them. And so that is so unconstitutional, or at least anti-constitutional, if people do it as in their individual capacities, that you don't say it's unconstitutional. It's just wrong, right, to say, I don't want to hear your voice, your voice is dangerous, and so forth. That's not who we are, and I talk about that in the book and hopefully provide a tool that will be useful to people in the marketplace of ideas before school boards and the like to please, let's honor the great tradition of freedom in our country. Isn't it possible, though, that one can have a balance of, of opinion and thought that, yeah, we've, we've always got challenges, and we've got to constantly work on those challenges to, to form a more perfect union. That was the idea. That's what launched it. But we've also got to take stock of, of what we've achieved and, and recognize that as well. Yes, and I think thoughtful voices are increasingly recognizing that. And I'll just say one thing. I was so thankful during brief point during the Olympics that the athletes from the United States really celebrated our country uh, as opposed to denigrating it. Of course, we need to do better. And one of the voices from the past that calls us to do exactly what you're calling uh, on on everyone to do now is that of Frederick Douglass, who lived in slavery, yeah. and yet he saw the goodness of America and America's institutions. Yeah, and we've got to at least recognize that. The problem I have is we, we, we seem to be on this trek to tear down lots of those institutions and, and eliminate that which made this country uh, so great. And that's why we have to educate ourselves, to inform ourselves about what these institutions are all about, what the principles of liberty are all about. And I do hope that this book will be a tool that's useful for grandparents to share with their grandchildren and parents, but also I've written this in such a way that I hope high school students themselves, perhaps before they go off to college, uh, will and the seniors this year and this academic year will read the book and profit from it and learn about America and in the sweet land of liberty. What What would you want readers to take away from the book? Is there there are key points? that we do have a culture of freedom and that the Supreme Court is our friend and frequently rules unanimously in favor of religious liberty, even in very difficult circumstances and and constitutionally challenging circumstances. So so agree. Where can we find the book and uh, learn more about your work? Wherever books are sold, including it is available by audio. You can listen to the book. That's awesome. (laughs) 
Mr. Starr, it's been an honor and a pleasure, sir, having you in today. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. We'll be back with more talk here on the JT Show. Stay with us. This show was previously recorded. Family. What does family mean to you? At Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, we value family. As a father-daughter team, Drs. Michael Carter and Catherine Carter Sledge are committed to helping you achieve your most beautiful smile. Go to cartersledgedental.com to meet our team, take a virtual tour, and make an appointment. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry on Lake Harbor Drive in Ridgeland. Come be a part of our family. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. The Gallo Radio Show is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare. Feel better, faster. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Glutstadt, just south of Germantown High, Calloway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. Calloway's has just received a large shipment of ceramic pots. All sizes, all colors, all 40% off, no exclusions. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies, and jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's has farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture and the largest selection in the South, period. We offer bulk soils for the do-it-yourself project. Callaway's offers landscaping. Designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape from a small job to total transformations. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway south of Germantown High. Callaway's is... Callaway's is... Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to two men in a truck, Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five pounds Gulf Shrimp Labor Day Special, only $24.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. As cleanup along the eastern seaboard continues, Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith is amazed that some of their death tolls are higher than those in the south. This storm was a ravaged storm, you know, Category 4 storm, 
and uh, we we knew that we would have a lot of damage, but up the East Coast, it was more than I anticipated. The botched withdrawal from Afghanistan is a huge stain on America, according to Congressman Stephen Palazzo. So we, we betrayed them. We betrayed um, the Afghans. And what really concerns me, Paul, is the credibility uh, going forward. You know, are these countries going to partner with us? Are they going to believe in us? Um, I don't I don't think so. He says Nancy Pelosi didn't want to answer inquiries regarding an investigation into Afghanistan, but they'll continue to demand answers. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett. I'm Paul Gallo. My wife and I are vaccinated. To me, it's a blessing of medical technology that generations before us would pray for. The risk and inconvenience of scheduling a shot versus rewards and peace of mind is no different than getting a tetanus shot from a rusty nail. The difference is rusty nails are not highly contagious. This virus is an opponent that can only be defeated with teamwork. To find a site, go to vaccines.gov or call 800-232-0233. A message to your family from our family at Supertalk Mississippi Media. Hey, it's Richard Cross. Join us every weekday for the College Football Fix, driven by Ford. The all-new 2021 Ford F-150 is here with available interior work surface for putting in work. Standard sync Ford technology plus a huge 12-inch touchscreen and pro-power onboard outlets for all kinds of jobs. Not only is the all-new 2021 Ford F-150 tough, it's smart. Built Ford proud. Built Ford tough. See a Ford dealer near you for details. And don't miss the College Football Fix, driven by Ford. Super Talk. Nobody keeps Mississippi informed like we do. With 12 stations covering all 82 counties. If it happens in your state, we're on top of it. The news, the weather, the sports, and the talk that's important to you. The issues that matter to you, your family, and your bank account. It's all right here. And when you're away from home, depend on the Super Talk app and supertalk.fm to stay in the know. We're proud to serve our fellow Mississippians. Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. Don't have time to talk, but still want to make your opinion known? Well, you know you can send JT a text message, right? Go ahead. Text your thoughts to 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Use your fingers and join the conversation on Super Talk Mississippi and supertalk.fm. Super Talk Mississippi, Dave Hughes with you on the JT Show. Text on the C Spire text line, you just said it, went to work at 14. Kids can't work at that age anymore because of government regulations. I had to go to work at that point. I had too much stuff I wanted to buy. Those darn girls expected you to pay for the dates. I'm just being honest. So yeah, I was, and and my mom and dad looked and said, um, "We ain't we ain't subsidizing nothing." Had had a golden rule in my house: if you could can't afford to put gas in your car, you ain't going anywhere. You want to eat out? Well, you're buying it, or you know, you're eating what we've got at the house. You want this? You want that? Well, what's your paycheck look like this week, son? Sounds like that's what it's going to. 
and I think a lot of that is missing. There's a lot of that that has been de-emphasized in parenting. I'm, I'm not a perfect person. Come on. But you know what? Ask Rhino. I show up every day. Been doing it for a long time. And that's one of the things it teaches you. Show up. If you go through and by the time you hit 18, 19, 20 years old, you've never had the experience of if you don't show up, you ain't eating this week. Well, what do we expect? It's the way it works. Matt Newsite on the C Spire text line again. At 15, I had two jobs. One was seven days a week pushing a broom and pulling a mop. The summer after I graduated high school, I was 18, I had three jobs that summer. I was the richest teenager in Pike County and didn't have time to spend any of it. But I had three jobs I worked at the same time. One in radio, one at an office supply store, and because my buddy just wanted me to do it because he thought it would be fun, I went and picked up a shift at McDonald's. I did all three. Scheduling nightmare. But it made it work. And that's why to this day when people say, well, you know, I, I, I'd love to work more because I need more money, but I just don't have the time. Yeah, you do. You just don't have the priorities. That's a different problem. So, yeah. Malcolm from Tishomingo, entitlement mentality. I was mowing yards at age 12. Well, yeah, I guess really. If I, when, when I say I went to work at 14, it was, you know, for a business. If you're talking about getting paid to mow yards, I can go back to about 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that neighborhood too. Malcolm, you're right. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. But I think you're exactly right. You know, that's a good point. Hadn't thought about that one right now. I think parents make a mistake when they punish children by forcing them to work. You messed up. You got to go clean the garage. You got to go mow the grass, weed the flower bed. Makes the association that work is bad. That's a good point. I would counter that with once you get to a certain age, the age you're talking about working, it, to get a hardship permit, to get your license a little early to start driving and have that independence, you had to have a job for the hardship. Yes. Or a, a parent that needed it, but it, the easiest way was to get a job. Had to have a reason. Johnny and West Point, this is some wisdom. You make time for what you want. You do. If you really want something, you'd be amazed how much time suddenly you find available. Getting some great stories in here. Chris, the mailman, had two jobs from the age of 13 until I finished college. My own kids work two jobs while they're in college. Yeah. Mike from Grand Bay, I shoveled snow at 10. If you were in Grand Bay at that point, you probably didn't have a lot of business, Mike. I know he wasn't in Grand Bay. Richard from Wiggins, I walked rice fields at age 12. 
Pops was my boss and possible to call in. Yeah, it's hard to call in and just skip out on work when the boss walks in and thumps your foot while you're laying in the bed and go, get up, it's time to go. Makes it a little harder. Rocky and Marks. My little boy loves working. His punishment is staying in his room playing on his tablet instead of cutting the grass. <laughs> I like that. See, that has to be instilled. Not in everybody. Some people, from the day they're born, they're ready to go. They want to be involved in something. And for those kids, you just have to make sure you make the connection between you get involved in something and you get to do the stuff you want to do and buy the things you want to have. And once you do that, they, they just kind of take off from there. Other ones, though, would really like to wake up from their nap in time to go to bed. It's just a difference in people. Them, you have to instill a work ethic into when you're raising them. How did we get off onto parenting tips? We took a swerve here, but that, that's where we're but at It's now. the foundation of work ethic. It is. It, it starts at home. It starts with little tiny kids. If you're going to start teaching a work ethic at 18, you've got a steep hill to climb. Because they're set. Brian from Boonville, I roofed houses at 15. And had a killer tan, I have no doubt. I've never seen a pasty, pale roofer. Not in Mississippi, especially. Nope. Malcolm from Tishomingo. Kids, uh, kids today have no work ethic. Let me just say this. And this is something we've got, and I know you didn't mean it this way, Malcolm, but... We have got to stop painting with the broad brush on everything, which is the order of the day. Some kids have a great work ethic. Had a, a couple of years ago, for years and years, I was the MC of an event down in Pike County, the Azalea Festival, the Azalea Court, where they recognize the, the best and brightest of the, the graduating class for that year in all the area high schools. So I got to stand up there and read off all of their accomplishments. And I felt lazy reading some of this. I mean, when you're reading about an 18-year-old girl who has studied at Juilliard, who has invented something that she sold and made a ton of money and started two businesses that we're both thriving, and I'm not making this example up. And you're sitting there going, um, I made my bed this morning. That's about all I got to hang my hat on right now. What a good grief. And I would just stand there in awe reading these accomplishments. And again, you know, not just like, you know, you got got, uh, most likely to show up for the Recreation League soccer team. No. Big accomplishments, big deals. So we can't paint with the broad brush and just say, you know, kids today have no work ethic. Now, some of them do. But those that goes back to what I was saying. That's the ones that you don't have to do much. They're born with it. When they're little, you just have to make the connection between working, 
and achieving. And then you just take a step back and watch the magic happen. The other ones we have to focus on, though, and they're not being focused on, and they haven't been focused on for quite a while because we didn't want to hurt their feelings. That worked. (sighs) Yeah. That's a good point, Sheila. The parents don't work. In a lot of cases, they don't. So, yes, there are great jobs available. Like I said, and, you know, the Super Talk Studios in Pike County are located in the Workforce Training Center now. We moved. Uh, So I get to talk to them all the time. And they are excited, and they've got people lining up for it. They have a lot of training in a lot of different areas. It's a list as long as my arm that because of the CARES Act money from the Reskill Mississippi movement, uh, all this training is free. All you have to do is what? Show up. There's that little phrase again. That's the root of everything. Show up and good things happen. That's what we have to instill. If we can instill and make that one change, things will get better. Show up. That's all we need to do. Do you see the masks down on uh, the coast? Yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm sorry. We're going to do that after the break on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. It's time for the kids to head back to school to learn their ABCs and 123s. At Monsto Jackson, we're teaching you the 123s of car buying. One, buy from a dealer you can trust. Two, look for the best selection. Three, get the absolute best deals like these at Monsto Jackson. Now get 0% financing on every new Monsta in stock. That's right, 0% financing, which will save you thousands in interest charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Monsta purchase. Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved, no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Bring us your trade. We'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us. And as always, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. School is in session. So get to Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. With approved credit on select models, see dealer for details. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right, because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal. Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change a life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org, make a donation, and help change your life today. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, the Super Talk Eagle Hour are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Fox on Tech. Social media is still struggling to control a flood of misinformation, but attempts to slow or stop it may have the opposite effect. USA Today reports on a new study from New York University researchers that found when it blocked or labeled former President Trump's claims of election fraud, the tweets spread anyway, and not just on Twitter, but also Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. In fact, the study found messages blocked from engagement on Twitter received more visibility on other platforms. The researchers say that underscores the network nature of misinformation. Posts or messages banned on one platform may grow on another platform by way of links, quotes, or screenshots, but that it isn't necessarily the so-called Streisand effect, where an attempt to hide information draws more attention to it. The study also questions the social media company's ability to halt misinformation. The study used data from November 1st of 2020 through January 8th of 2021. With Fox on Tech, Brett Larson. Fox News. Mississippi loves high school football. And now you can stream tons of high school football games from across the Magnolia State each Friday night just by going to supertalk.fm slash high school. That's supertalk.fm slash high school. And of course, on Friday nights during the season, there's always a game on your local Super Talk radio station. The season's on the line. When it comes to high school football in Mississippi, nobody does it like we do. We are Super Talk Mississippi. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. This show was previously recorded. Here's more of the JT Show. Begin your transition now. Super Talk. Now, Mississippi. You know, I realize I'm about to call out something that was supposed to be a positive story, supposed to be inspirational, but I, I did you see the report on uh, Gaucher High School, uh, middle school, excuse me, Gaucher Middle School, and their band. They're sitting in the band room, practicing, doing what they should be doing. They're all wearing masks. Now, normally, nothing to see here, right? Well, you got the brass section, you got the woodwind section. How's that going to work? Well, that's easy. You know, modern problems require modern solutions. So they all had a hole cut in the middle of their mask in front of their mouth to put the horn into to, 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 to blow their germs out of the end of the horn. Am I missing a step here? Did I did I skip something? Well, they also have a little thing over the end of the horn. Yeah. What what are the, the horn uh, mask? What are the sanitation procedures for draining your spit trap? These are the questions I don't have answers to. But I'm like, okay, and, and then my favorite part: they interviewed the students who were still wearing the masks with the hole in the middle while they were talking to the reporter. 
Um, that to me smacks of doing something so that you can say you did something. Personal opinion. Come on. I don't get it. Oh, oh, oh. I got a question for you, Rhino. When is the last time, do we have an exact date of when the Farmer's Almanac became irrelevant? Do we know exactly when it was? I saw one on the rack at a grocery store yesterday. I'm standing in line because the person in front of me, I, I kept waiting for them to scan each individual grape. They were taking forever. So I'm killing time. There's a Farmer's Almanac there, the 2021 edition. I pick it up. Thought it was the Reader's Digest at first as I'm thumbing through it. The Farmer's Almanac has put out their advisory for this winter. The headline says it all. I don't know how we, we would ever make it in society without the Farmer's Almanac. Farmer's Almanac says this winter will be cold and snowy. Well, thank you for that. It's going to be colder in the winter? Wouldn't have guessed that without them. But it got me to thinking, we have a lot of things that are kind of irrelevant. The earliest record I can find of someone scientifically testing the accuracy of the Farmer's Almanac was, quote-unquote, Testing the Farmer's Almanac by John E. Walsh and David Allen in October of 1981. How did it turn out? Uh, it was revisited by Ed Olenick from the National Weather Service in 96, and both times they found that the Farmer's Almanac forecasts have shown a 50% rate of accuracy, no greater than random chance, but higher than that of groundhog prognostication. When the only hook you've got to hang your head on is, well, we beat the rat. I'm not sure. So 50-50. You could flip a coin to decide what the weather is going to be tomorrow and have just as high a chance of accuracy. And don't get me wrong, when it started, the farmer's almanac was important. People used it. It helped people. Now, yeah. The only other little note here is most editions of the Farmer's Almanac include a human crusade advocating for change in some accepted social practice or custom. Yes. With examples such as revising daylight savings time was in the 2007 edition. Um, a kinder, gentler nation was included in the 2003 edition. Uh, a Patient's Bill of Rights and a Cure for Doctor's Office Delays was in 1996. And then the one in 1989, Pennies Make No Sense, which sought to eliminate the penny and permanently, permanently replace the dollar bill with less costly to produce dollar coins. I'm not saying I disagree with all, the, all of those. I agree with several of them. But we have just reached the point now. Now, see, when you hear the story, like we have about magazines and everything else, when you hear the story of the Farmer's Almanac is in trouble, we must save this treasured institute. No! We've got to quit hanging on to things because we've had them for a while. That's called hoarding. Hoarding. 
They had a show about it. Sooner or later, you got to let some things go, and it's just not worth it. In 2014, they almost got it right. They said that uh, the Super Bowl played at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey was going to have a winter storm. It didn't until the next day. Yeah, they missed it by a day, but that's a, we'll give them that. We'll spot them that one. The rest of it? Yeah. I'm just wondering who's buying it at this point. Coming up after the news, maybe they can answer this question. It's time for Mississippi Outdoors Radio on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. News. I'm Lillian Wu. Millions of out-of-work Americans could be under even more pressure this week. Federal expanded unemployment insurance is lapsing for millions of people, with an estimated 8.9 million losing all jobless benefits. About 26 states ended the benefits early, saying the extra $300 a week was discouraging some to find work. A federal eviction moratorium has already expired. Some federal pandemic assistance is still available, including rental aid and the expanded child tax credit. Fox's Rachel Sutherland. And less than two weeks after an inmate was beaten to death at a federal prison in Indiana, another one is murdered at the same Terre Haute facility, one of the most secure in the U.S. The 47-year-old was killed within hours of arriving, repeatedly stabbed to death Friday by a fellow inmate, according to AP. America's listening to Fox News. As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105. Call today. Your window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Health officials stress that if you contract COVID-19, you should get the monoclonal antibody treatment. But State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs said that the treatment does not replace a vaccine. If people are exposed and they're at risk, then they need to get monoclonal antibodies. It's a it's a therapeutic option that's very effective, but it's not a vaccine. It has a short, limited duration of efficacy. The vaccines do a lot of things. They keep you from getting sick, and they keep you from spreading it to your family. So they have different roles, and we want to use them all as aggressively as we can. And September is National Voter Registration Month. Secretary of State Michael Watson says the right to vote is one of the greatest liberties in our country, and he encourages all eligible Mississippians to register. In 2020 alone, more than 113,000 Mississippians registered to vote, and the state's turnout for the 2020 election set a new state record. For a look at the voter registration qualifications, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Andy Davis. 
case. The Delta variant is deadly, and if we don't make changes now, we'll be forced to make cruel calculations soon. Mississippi hospitals are overburdened and struggling with capacity. More people will die because they won't have access to care. We must keep our healthcare system from being forced to choose who gets treatment and who doesn't. Please get vaccinated and follow CDC protocols such as masking indoors, even if you are fully vaccinated, and continue social distancing. Do this, and together we help ensure we're able to treat everyone who needs care. A message from the Mississippi State Department of Health. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. The Mississippi State Fair is a month away. Ag Commissioner Andy Gibson shares something new you'll see this year. The Frontier Village here to celebrate the pioneer days of Mississippi. You're going to have campfire cooking. We're going to have horses and ponies and a train ride through the town, a western uh, reenactment. You're going to have a great time at Frontier Village. The 162nd State Fair runs October 6th through the 17th. And debris removal following Hurricane Ida is set to begin tomorrow in Ocean Springs. City officials ask that you set all debris by the roadside so it can be picked up. And the Mississippi Aquarium in Gulfport has been open for just over a year. Mayor Billy Hughes said the original concept was pretty clear. Part of the whole vision was to, to make this about the state and our flora and fauna. That river is part of it from brown water to blue water. So it's the Gulf Coast and beyond. For more Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. What's my core value? Equity. Compassion. Compassion. Determination. At AmeriCorps, my commitment to equity gives every student a strong start. My compassion brings food and friendship to neighbors in need. My determination protects parks in my community. Every day, AmeriCorps members and volunteers live their values to make communities stronger. What's at your core? Learn more at AmeriCorps.gov. MTV is celebrating 40 years, and Grammy Museum Mississippi invites you to explore the history of this iconic exhibit. Take a trip back to the beginning with artifacts and interviews with four remaining MTV VJs. Enjoy memorabilia from Michael Jackson to Bon Jovi with historical moments in MTV programming along with interactives and more. To learn more about the MTV Turns 40, I Still Want My MTV Exhibit, and other monthly programs and events, visit GrammyMuseumMS.org. Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. This show was previously recorded. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Real Talk for real Mississippians. Informed, engaging, and always brutally honest. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert. Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. 
Gerard and Rhino in the studio on this Friday Eve. And joining us now, also in the studio, our good friend, the State Auditor of Mississippi, Shad White. Good afternoon, Shad, Mr. Hey, Auditor. Thanks doing, for coming bro? in. Good to see you. Good to I, see I'm you. I'm going to see if my voice holds out for this. I clicked the bass up just for you today, <laughs> just to see how it goes. Well, we appreciate you using your voice a little bit there more you go. to come in and there talk to us. So you guys been busy down there at the auditor's office. You got some stuff that uh, it seems to be in the news almost every day. Yeah. Uh, the good news is you're finding this stuff. The bad news is we got folks out there still trying to uh, pilfer from the taxpayers. Yes. is what's happening here. So let's start with this this uh, Santine situation. It, you know, I've talked about it a lot on the air. Medicaid just as a system. It's just brutally complicated to start with. Yes. It, it yep. just is. So, and and just to kind of set the stage here, it constitutes um, almost 20% of our total state funding, just our share. When you look at the combined share, federal and state, last I checked, it's either right close to our total general fund spending or maybe slightly more than our general fund. It's a gigantic program. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. We're talking about billions. Five and a half, six billion dollars total, of which the state shares just under a billion. So, it's a big line item, as we say. All right, so we've got these third-party um, companies, managed care providers, that oversee this gigantic system, very complex between uh, the providers, the pharmaceutical companies, the distributors of pharmaceuticals. And then there's other folks involved in that, as you know, known as these pharmacy benefit managers. I'm just trying to set the stage, and then I'm going to let you talk. What the heck's going on here? So you set the stage well, and and let's get into a little bit more detail about what a PBM is. So a PBM is is a corporation, and they, they, like you said, sit in the middle of a health plan and your local retail pharmacy. So let's say you are on Medicaid, Gerard, and you walk in, you need to get a prescription filled. You go to your local pharmacy, maybe you pay a little bit of a copay, you're going to get the pill that you need from the pharmacy. The pharmacy has to be reimbursed for the rest of that cost of the pill that you hadn't paid them. Right. So what they're going to do is they're going to send basically a bill to a PBM, a pharmacy benefit manager. The PBM is then going to bill a managed care company, and then the managed care company is going to charge Medicaid uh, a certain fee for serving you as a Medicaid patient. So that's kind of how the flow of money works. And, And what we were seeing is that there's a contract between the managed care company and Medicaid, so that's between this corporation and the taxpayers, and that contract says that certain drugs can only be uh, the charges for certain drugs can only hit a, a certain ceiling and they set those ceilings out in the contract well the more we looked and this really started in Ohio the more the, the Ohio State Auditor looked the more he realized that the contract was being violated that the bills for those drugs was exceeding what was allowed in that contract so I saw that in 2018. The Ohio State Auditor's Office puts out this report that suggests this is happening. And we in Mississippi and our Medicaid program happen to be served by the same company that is serving the Medicaid program in Ohio. So I said, we can, we got to figure out if this is going on in Mississippi, too. So we moved quickly. We got with the data analysts who did that work in Ohio. We pulled them down to Mississippi. We, we set up an arrangement with them. They started looking at the, the bills that were being charged by the PBM. And lo and behold, they see that, yes, Mississippi is also 
a victim of, of this overbilling. So that's the initial phase of this. We sort of prove up the case, figure out what we need to show. Uh, uh, you know, once we get our eyes on it, we realize that this was very difficult to see for anybody on the outside, including Medicaid. This is yeah. why this is why this is happening around the country because basically no Medicaid yeah. was capable of catching it. So when we see this in these internal documents uh, at these companies owned by Centene, we jumped in with Ohio. Basically, Ohio had already sued Centene, and and we get at the the settlement table with them. And ultimately, as you said, we ended up with a fifty five million dollars settlement. Ohio is getting eighty eight million. Just to compare those two, remember that Ohio has four times as many people as Mississippi. So sure. so fifty five is a good number for us, I think. Uh, $55 million settlement. In our records, at least, that's the largest civil settlement that has ever resulted from an investigation started in the state auditor's office. So we're pleased both with the dollar amount and also with this idea that we have now disclosed this to the world. Centene knows we know where to look, and Centene has now committed to making sure that this doesn't happen again. That That's a good end of the process, I think, for Centene's case. And so we should also maybe touch a little bit on this this concept of formulary. Yep. And uh, I don't know. You, I'll let you explain it. If you sure. Want to. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things a PBM does is that they make a list of drugs that they say a health plan will cover, and that list is called a formulary. And and they do that uh, <laughs> as a way to. Um, get large pharmaceutical drug manufacturers to, you know, do what they want them to do. Yeah. This this is a PBMs have a lot of power. Uh somebody said to me this morning, when you find a corporation that has more power than pharmaceutical drug manufacturers, you know you found the power in the room. <laughs> uh so so they have a ton of power because they have big contracts with states. They make these formularies, these lists of allowed yeah. drugs. They get rebates from the pharmaceutical manufacturers for the drugs being on the formularies. So you got a lot of money flowing through these middlemen. And and I'm not saying the middlemen are totally unnecessary. They did at one point perform yeah. a valuable function. It's just that they're behind so many closed doors. It's so hard to tell what they do. Most people have never heard of these things, and they make so much money off of all of us that they they need to be subjected to transparency. I would just uh, suggest this to our audience. If you go out and and just do a search on uh, pharmacy benefit managers and PBMs, but say in Google, switch over to from the all uh, filter, switch over to the images, and there are about 8,000 charts that depict this flow of money that you're describing. Mm-hmm. And if you sit there and try to read that and understand, it'll hurt your head. I mean, yep. I've done it just to, just yep. out of interest. But the point is, it's all the closed doors you're talking about. And yep. these charts uh, s- sort of expose that. But there's, as you said, there's no way Medicaid could possibly understand no. all of that flow of money. And the, in the original days, the, the idea was a PBM sort of combined the buy, buying power, and they were to pass on those discounts and get some fee for negotiating the discounts and then pass those on uh, to the retailer and then ultimately to the customer. But that's yes. not been the case of late, and that's kind of what was happening here. That's the idea, is that the PBM would be able to negotiate at a big scale, get rebates back for the customer, and then pass those savings on to the customer in terms of, lower drug prices. Right. Well, if you've filled a prescription lately, you probably think, it doesn't feel like these drug yeah. prices are getting any lower these days. And and what we saw specifically in Ohio, what they saw is that uh, the the savings and the fees were not really being passed on. That's that's one of the big things that concerned the Ohio State Auditor at the time. Yeah. Uh, to go back to your point about those charts, 
yes, I would encourage your listeners to go and research these things, learn about them, because we're working on this right now. But I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, every single one of those charts that I have seen is simplified. It is a simplified version of what's happening. Imagine that instead of seeing one PBM on your chart, that there are actually a ring of nested corporations and it's a holding company and all this other sort of stuff. So it's super complicated. That's why this is has been happening. Uh, and, and I'll say just to throw a bit of credit to Medicaid, not only could they have not found this, I think, but also when we raised this concern to Medicaid's leadership, I told the director of Medicaid, this, this is what we need to look at. And he said, how can I be helpful to you? I will help request the documents that you need from Centene in order to look at this. I sent him a letter and said, would you send that to, to Centene? And he did. He sent the letter to Centene. And that's how we started getting documents in the first place. So, so this has been a team effort with Medicaid, with the state auditor's office, with the attorney general's office. And, and ultimately it came to a good conclusion with Centene specifically. Uh, but of course, we're not going to, we're not done. There are other PBM operating in Mississippi. Well, so. so recently you saw a report about United Healthcare, right? right? And so this is a situation, as you talked about, is they, they kind of have a, a arm's length sort of relationship with a PBM as, as their third party, right? Right. Optum. And, yeah, yep. exactly. So, so it gets complicated. It gets messy. I even, this PBM is not operating in Mississippi anymore, but uh, there was one PBM attached to a very large company, and we were getting conflicting answers every time we asked oh, questions man. about whether the company even owned the PP, PBM. <laughs> we couldn't get the, the company's own folks to tell us whether or not they owned this other giant corporation. So it... Not only is it complicated, but in in some ways it's complicated on purpose. Uh, that's I that's agree. what happens with big corporations sometimes. It's, it's easy to hide behind layers of bureaucracy in order to shut out light from the system. I totally agree with it. Uh, I know you got a weak voice you can hang around with. Of course. Yeah. Right. we got Auditor Shad White in the studio. We'll come back and talk some more about what's going on down there at the auditor's office. Stay with us. The JT Show will continue. was previously recorded. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. With all the disruption in all businesses lately, our clients at PeopleEase didn't miss a beat. Did you struggle to get the necessary records required for COVID relief programs such as PPP, ERTC, or FFCRA? Will you be ready next time? Our clients at PeopleEase are ready. Call PeopleEase today at 601-987-3025. That's 601-987-3025. Or visit our website, PeopleEase.com. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Rogers Dab Service Parts and Quick Lube are open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. Crossgates Brandon or RogersDabs.com. If your vehicle is ever damaged in a collision, please listen carefully. 
At Clinton Body Shop, we are OEM factory certified with more than 20 national and international manufacturers. In fact, we are Central Mississippi's only Volvo certified auto body repair shop, and we are the first BMW certified independent repair facility in the southern region. And our Richland location is Mississippi's only Subaru certified repair facility. Look, if some of the most prestigious automakers in the world certify Clinton, Clinton Body Shop, shouldn't you choose them for your repair? Clinton Body Shop in Clinton and Richland. Certified by the company that made your car to repair your car with OEM factory parts. Go to ClintonBodyShop.com. It's about your family's safety and your car's value. That's ClintonBodyShop.com. If you or someone you know suffers from dizziness or imbalance, Physical of Jackson, spelled F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, can help improve your balance and decrease your chances of falling. Susan Geiger and her team of specialized therapists are as unique as their name, providing a personalized approach to therapy and cutting-edge equipment. Physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L, spelled different because we are different. Call today for your appointment, 601-487-2260. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. They always say what they want. They're open about their opinions. They're not afraid to say what they feel. You know, I'd look forward to that show, Hill Street Blues, when it was popular. I think I was just out of school, early 80s. And yeah, I think about that before we, before we get back to talking to Auditor White here. I wonder if that would even make the cut as being acceptable in our politically co- correct world, because it portrayed police officers in a positive light in Chicago on top of that. It... it Sort of a um, iconic view of the L. Everybody knows about the L, the elevated train that encircles the, the area of Chicago, the main area. But I just wonder if that would even make it today. Like the show Commish? Com- yeah. You know, Michael Chiklis. Yeah. I used to love that show. Could that be made now? I don't know. A great cop in charge of it. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, all cops are just irredeemably bad, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way we have to describe them. So I digress a little bit. But uh, we got Auditor White. We were just talking about this this Medicaid uh, scam. 
uh, it's really not a scam, I guess. I don't know if I'd call it that. But uh, in the settlement that you reach with Santine uh, over this uh, improper charging of uh, for pharmacy products, pharmaceuticals, drugs, $55 million we got, right? Yeah. All right, so Medicaid is a joint federal and state program. How much of that would be return to the state and how much goes back to the federal government. How does that work exactly? We don't know yet. Okay. Uh, and, and that probably will depend on what we hear from the federal government now, now okay. that these settlements have happened. So I did have a very brief chat with uh, the Medicaid director, and, and that's an open question, okay. basically, how much will the feds get back? Okay. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, there is a match there, right? The feds are providing some Medicaid funds. 70-plus percent. Right. So I'm hopeful that the state taxpayers will get to keep as much of that as possible and yeah. that it can go back to, to better places, things yeah. that need to be paid for. To- totally agree. And so I guess the other question is, have they fixed the problem? Are they billing us right now? But the good thing is, uh, one, they've committed to doing that in the settlement agreement. Two, they know that we're looking. Okay. They know that we have seen the flow of funds. We know how to spot this stuff now. So hiding it in that way is not going to work anymore. Uh, And and three, you know, I think this is a message that will be sent even louder as more state auditors and attorneys general get in on this. You know, Ohio and Mississippi are sort of first, but I think you will see other states settling and, and that sort of thing. So on the whole, I think it is going to result, ideally, in, in a change in the PBM corporate structure. I mean, in this case, here in Mississippi, they committed to making Involve, which is the PBM that we were yeah. talking about with Centene, not a PBM anymore, something something hmm. different. I think the FTC at the federal level is going to start thinking about antitrust uh, with these PBMs because they're so large, about three giant PBMs control about 70% of the marketplace. So, so, you know... If everybody's working together, I think over the period of the next couple of years, you will ideally see some big changes. Hmm. Good. So I know there were some members of our legislature who objected to renewing the uh, the technical bill or, yep. or passing the technical bill, which includes the the authorization to contract right yep. with the third party right. uh, uh, manager, uh, man- managed care provider, I should yep. say. So Centene's still in, right? As far as I know, they are. And, and look, that's a decision that Medicaid is going to yeah. have to make. Yeah. It's a tough call. Uh, I was on Gallo last week or earlier this week, whenever it was, yeah. uh, and Paul asked me, well, why don't we set up our own PBM in-house? We could just spend some money in-house to set it up. I think it's a fine idea, but I would not want to be the guy that has to create a pharmacy benefit yeah. managing mm-hmm. company internally in state government. It would It's just very difficult. Yeah. The choices that Medicaid faces are difficult, difficult choices. There are only so many companies that do this. You need somebody to perform some of those functions, but it's it's a hard choice, yeah. and they're going to have to make some of those decisions going forward now that we know what Centene was doing. Yeah, and I've got, I've got confidence in Drew, uh, Drew Snyder over at Medicaid to, to take care of that and do the right thing. And, again, we should point out in fairness to him, you had to get subject matter experts Yes. To come in and help with this. This isn't something you would discover in just a routine audit of Medicaid. No. And and really, the other thing to be said about that is even if you had done a routine audit or knew what you were looking for, this might have been impossible to discover five or ten years ago because the thing that made it possible was technology. You know, we are able Good to point. view more transactions more data in shorter amounts of time using modern technology right. than we have had five and ten years ago. And and that's what I'm committed to doing as state auditor. Let's apply new technology to old problems and see what we can solve. We did that with school districts last month. We we used data analytics, looked at 100% of the expenditures of three school districts, found about $12 million of savings for those three. If you could stretch that over the entire population of Mississippi's K-12 schools, you could save $200 million in 
inefficient outside the classroom spending. That's an old problem, but let's apply some new technology, some new energy to it, and see what we can solve. Yeah, and it's a great point, and, I, and I've watched that evolve through, through the years uh, with respect to software and, and innovation in software. But now everything being digitized as yep. it is, and many of the transactions occurring between uh, companies are digital as well, where yep. there's no human intervention involved in yep. that. So it, it makes that a, a somewhat easier with proper tools to extract and analyze yep. that, which is exactly what you've done. So let's talk about the schools, and then I want to talk about unemployment benefits. Sure. So the, the schools, uh, I know you produced a report showing that we just kind of had an outsized amount of our spending, taxpayer spending, going to non-classroom expenses, I yep. think is a good way to describe it. Uh, and, and those decisions are made at the district level, are they not, by the boards of education, not the board of education, the school boards at the district yes. level, to some extent at the state level with the board, but it mostly controlled at the district level. Yes. So, you know, what the school boards will tell you, what the superintendents will tell you is, well, yeah, we do make these decisions about how to spend money, but the federal government and the state government yeah. issues mandates, and they require that we hire this person to do this administrative function or buy this piece of equipment or whatever it may be. So there's a limited amount of control we have. And I said, fair point. That's fine. Let's take a look at pure waste. Yeah. You know, stop with the excuses. Let's take a look at pure waste. What can we what can we say is pure waste and how much of it do you have? And so what we were looking at when we did these studies is how many software licenses have you paid for that are duplicative? You paid for three different programs, and they do the same thing. Eliminate two of them. How many of your bus routes have been made efficient over the last few years? Can you run your buses in a more efficient route? How much of your supply purchasing have you consolidated so that you can get the benefit of economies of scale? Can you buy more in bulk? So just pure, simple waste that has nothing to do with a federal or state mandate, and that's what we were able to identify, the $12 million. is probably a number much higher than that, but if we just agreed on what waste is and, and how much of it that you had, that's what we identified. We're talking about $200 million across the state. Think about the teacher pay raise last year. It was $50 million. Right. For a 1000 bucks. For a 1000 bucks. There's yeah. a lot of money sitting out there that we spend year after year after year that could be going to the kids and going to the teachers, not on things that just don't benefit the children and benefit education at all. Essentially, it's overhead. Yes. What it is. So, so it's kind of, it's fair to say, isn't it not, Chad, that that's sort of borderline as far as being within your scope. Yeah. Uh, as, as, from an audit perspective. Well, what I would say is, uh, it, what is borderline about it is that I cannot tell another government entity what to do. Okay. But in my statute, I do have the ability to go in and do performance audits. That's not borderline at all. Uh, that that mission that the legislature has given me through state law is to go out and find efficiencies okay. as state auditor. Now, okay. I can't go to a school district and say, you will implement yep. these recommendations. That's not my role. Uh, but I can tell them, I can't help them find ways of doing things a bit better. You can point it out. Yes. And, and so you did that. You, you took the uh, your, some of your resources and, and embarked upon this project and, and produced this report. And so now our legislature knows about that. The, yep. the districts know about that. Those who are elected by the citizens of that district um, that serve on these school boards, they know about it. Yep. They're the ones that really need to take action here. And we, I think it remains to be seen whether or not they will. Yep. Uh, and, and that's going to require some pressure at the local level. So good news is we, we govern our, our schools at the local level with our school districts, and they have a fair amount of latitude yep. in doing so. 
uh, but we can't tell them what to do. We're sort of limited, and I think that's the point here. That's right. So that's right. hopefully we'll we'll get something going here. I wanted to turn our attention to unemployment benefits. We just got a minute or so left in this segment. Can you stick around? Because this, sure. this is yeah. going to take a little while to talk yeah. about. Absolutely. And I think it's important. Yeah. Uh, really to explain what's going on there exactly and the uh, the degree and extent uh, of it. And so I, I kind of have a truism, I say here, a, a Gerard truism, if you will, <laughs> on the show, which is wherever there's big government money, there's usually big waste, fraud, and abuse. Bingo. Uh, and so <laughs> and we had more spending this past year exactly. than we've ever had before. And uh, in particular on unemployment benefits. Bingo. And, of course, the as you recall, as we go to a break here, the directive was get these things out as quick as possible because people are hurting. And I mean, that was from government, yep. right? So this wasn't from the unemployment uh, uh, group, uh, uh, the Mississippi Unemployment Commission that was doing this, uh, Employment Security Commission that was paying these benefits. I mean, that was the directive. We just people are hurting; yep. they're out of work. Get these benefits as, as as quick as possible. That in itself is a recipe for problem when you're yes. talking about something like this or so many moving parts. We'll take a break right here. We've got Auditor Shad White in the studio. We're going to come back and further discuss this uh, unemployment benefits situation. Stay with us. This show was previously recorded. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. For your Labor Day, partly sunny conditions, high near 86. Tonight, 30% chance of rain, partly cloudy, low around 71. Your Tuesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 89. And moving into Wednesday, a 30% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 90 degrees. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at nodripms.com. This Labor Day broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse. Come dine with us. Tico Steakhouse, where the locals gather. East County Line Road in Richland, 601-956-1030. Wives, do you have trouble getting your husbands to see a doctor? Tell them the doctor has a boat for sale. At Man Up MD, we understand most men don't have a doctor, but they should. Man Up MD is a men's clinic designed for men by men to handle manly issues. From day-to-day primary care to reclaiming your energy and vigor, Man Up MD can keep you healthy and feeling your best. Check us out at menshealthmississippi.com. That's menshealthms.com. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free Guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where custom is our game. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. 
Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Attention, if you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Health officials stress that if you contract COVID-19, you should get the monoclonal antibody treatment. But state health officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs said that the treatment does not replace a vaccine. If people are exposed and they're at risk, then they need to get the monoclonal antibodies. It's a it's a therapeutic option that's very effective, but it's not a vaccine. It has a short, limited duration of efficacy. The vaccines do a lot of things. They keep you from getting sick, and they keep you from spreading it to your family. So they have different roles, and we want to use them all as aggressively as we can. And September is National Voter Registration Month. Secretary of State Michael Watson says the right to vote is one of the greatest liberties in our country, and he encourages all eligible Mississippians to register. In 2020 alone, more than 113,000 Mississippians registered to vote, and the state's turnout for the 2020 election set a new state record. For a look at the voter registration qualifications, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Andy Davis. Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your neighborhood Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey. On the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack, you can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda's been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire and Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASC certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Centers offers lube oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course tires, just like Kenda. Designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Centers supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance for you. No matter where you go, Super Talk Mississippi is there. With FM signals all over the state, you can hear Super Talk Mississippi from the Delta to the Red Clay Hills of Meridian and from Oxford to Biloxi. And when you're out of the state, you can always get the latest Mississippi news and talk online at supertalk.fm. And on your smart device with the Super Talk app, you're proud to call Mississippi home. And we're proud to cover your state like no one else. Thanks for listening to Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. You can text the JT Show, 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Now, here's more with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition at the grave. 
<laughs> I don't even remember that one. Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Okay. Where they were in a car together, and then the earthquake happened, and they got swallowed up in the in the big crevasse, and wound uh-huh. up in the Land of the Lost with dinosaurs. Okay. I I do remember the dinosaurs. Yeah. Is that kind of a takeoff on the Planet of the Apes? You think maybe was triggered by that? I don't You're know. Blending universes now. It's, it's <laughs> That's right. Planet of the Apes happened when there was like an, uh, a drug that made the apes smarter and then they took over the planet. Oh, I, I, we could go into detail. I if you remember want, that. <laughs> Charlton Heston. That's right. Is he's Statue of Liberty. Finds the Statue of Liberty. Who could forget that scene? That was kind of creepy. And he, It was good. It was good. It was good. And his, his acting and his exclamation there, we won't say it on the air. That was pretty right. good, though, wasn't it? <laughs> Who could forget that? That's I right. don't know. That, I was uh, younger when I watched it, kind of afraid to go to bed, you know, at, at night after watching <laughs> the Statue of Liberty covered in moss and only showing up to uh, to the chest area there. So we got Auditor Shad White in the studio. We, all right, so we're talking about unemployment fraud. The last figure I saw, 115 million? 17, 117. 117 million. Uh, and we paid out about what two plus billion total north of two billion during yeah. this this period this pandemic period. So this all got started just for some background back in um, last year under President Trump when these expanded extended supplemental federal benefits were enacted and those uh, combined with the standard state benefits. For I think the four hundred dollars was that first tranche, as I recall, per week. By the way, four hundred dollars per week, and in in the state of Mississippi, I think two thirty five per week is the maximum unemployment benefit, as I recall. So, nonetheless, this four hundred dollar um, supplemental benefit was paid, funded by the federal government for those who qual- applied and qualified for unemployment benefits. The problem, of course, is. Almost anything qualified for unemployment benefits uh, based on the provisions of that law and then the subsequent renewals of that. I think we've had two renewals of that, if I'm not mistaken, including the most recent signed under President Biden, the the uh, Rescue Act, that uh, extended those benefits until uh, the end of September. Of course, in the state of Mississippi, we have terminated them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our governor did, along with 24 other states, I believe. But so it was just a flurry. Lots of money being dropped out of helicopters. Uh, it was just ripe for the picking. And th- there was a, a sense of urgency to to get these benefits out. People were out of work. They were hurting, had to pay their bills and all that stuff. So there was political pressure from the highest levels in our government across this country, all the way down, that just opened the door for all kinds of problems. And over the last few years, we've had a uh, massive compromise, data compromises of identities, including Social Security numbers. That's the the crown jewel, frankly, of identity theft, including the big-time Equifax breach which is where lots of these Social Security numbers are still being used for fraudulent activity. I just want to level set that and then ask you, Auditor, to explain that what constitutes fraud with respect to unemployment fraud uh, vis-a-vis that relative to just 
gaming the system, if you will. Yep, sure. So that's that's a great way to set the stage. Going back, the country was facing very difficult times. We were looking at a recession. A lot of people were being they were losing their jobs. They're unemployed. COVID was, uh, you know, it was it was, you know, in its early days in the part of this audit that we covered. And as a result of that, we pushed all this money out as a government. The amount of unemployment benefits payments skyrocketed north of 3,000% during the first few months of COVID. And, of course, when you hand out a lot more money, the incentive to defraud the system is also very high, too. So what we saw is a huge uptick in fraud. And and to your point, what we found when we audited the unemployment compensation fund from the middle of 2019, which is pre-COVID, to the middle of 2020, which captures the first few months of COVID, we saw $117 million worth of improper payments. That's just payments going to folks who weren't eligible for the program. Okay, Okay, so now let's separate out what you just said. Some of that's going to folks who maybe thought they were eligible, but they were not, and they still got the money anyway. Some of it may go to folks who fudged a number on the form, didn't quite know exactly what what they should have been saying on the form, whatever. Uh, But a lot of it is also going to people who are trying to defraud the system. So to use your example, let's say there's a person out there who is working, gainfully employed, never lost their job through all of COVID. They had their personal data stolen in the Equifax breach. That data lives on the Internet. It lives on the dark web. It can be purchased by hackers and anybody else if they want to. They purchase that information, and then they use that information to apply for unemployment benefits, pretending that they are you. And sometimes they get paid doing that. They could be doing that from anywhere. They could be doing it from Shibuta. They could be doing it from Singapore. They could be doing it from their mom's basement in Brooklyn, New York. So, So that's what you saw. During this phase of time, it was happening everywhere. If you Google unemployment compensation state auditor, you're going to see these similar sorts of reports coming from every state auditor around the country. In Washington state, they lost $570 million in the first few months of COVID. We reported it here. And and they're even saying now that that's the largest loss due to fraud in the history of the state of Washington. California said at first that they lost $30 billion that they couldn't identify in un- overpayments of unemployment. They've now narrowed it down to maybe about $11 billion, <laughs> just $11 billion. Uh, In Mississippi, we've, we've put this number out there that we've discovered $117 million. We'll audit the rest of the COVID period and release that next year. can give you a better number. The point to me is this. You know, we're not going to get some of this money back. You know, some of these folks who who defrauded the system, they could be living in other countries. Like I said, we're not going to be able to send Black Hawk helicopters to get them. Probably most. It's that's it, absolutely possible. Uh, MDES, the agency in charge of pushing this money out, they need to go try to get as much as they can back. Uh, I, I cannot do that for them. What we have to do as the state auditor's office is to identify the loss. But having identified the loss, this is what we need to remember. A recession is going to happen again one day, five years from now, ten years from now, whenever. When it does, there is going to be this gut impulse to push a bunch of money out real quick, just like we always do with stimulus. If the lesson from the 2008 stimulus was don't give a lot of money to giant corporations and expect the people to just accept it, don't create that moral hazard. The lesson of this recession, this COVID recession, is going to be don't push a whole bunch of money out trying to get it on the main street unless you have very good fraud prevention mechanisms in place. Use the latest technology to make sure that this money is going to where it needs to, not going out of state, not going to people to try who are trying to defraud the system. Yeah, and it's a great point because 
technology is really the only way to, to combat this. You can't hire enough people. You can't go physically inspect uh, an, enough of the un- underlying information uh, about an applicant. you got to have integrated technology, yes. data sharing, and uh, very, very complex, sophisticated tools that are able to uh, – even AI built into some of this. Yes. It understands this. Something doesn't look right about this. I'll and, give you an example of one. You know, when we're handing out unemployment compensation payments, we need to be checking live – against a database of people who are in prison because somebody who's incarcerated doesn't need to be getting unemployment benefits. Uh, That technology exists. We need to turn it on. That needs to be turned on the next time we have a recession. The next time we're pushing all this money out, we need to avoid giving money to those yeah. incarcerated or individuals people. or dead folks. Yep. And the state of Louisiana yep. issued a report recently said that they found that a ton of dead folks got unemployment benefits payments to their address. That's the kind of thing that doesn't need to happen. We've got a lot of the technology already here, already available to prevent it. We just got to turn it on. And we have to be willing to take small delays for some of those systems to work in exchange for the knowledge that it's going to the right place, that we're not going to just lose this money out of state, that it's going to folks who, who are not eligible for unemployment. That's the big thing to me. So so true. It was, it was, it was a, a toxic cocktail, if you will, because we had this sense of yes. urgency uh, combined with lots of money and and relatively easy eligibility. Yes. Uh, certainly, we, we had to uh, abandon our standards here in the state and adopt the federal standards or or yes. include those in our eligibility, right? I mean, that was dictated by law. The feds did give us some leeway, okay. and they said, you know, if you choose, you can pull down certain internal controls and fraud mechanisms, okay. and we chose to do that in Mississippi, and, and now we know that that decision led to some of these overpayments. But... Also, it should be noted that some of the things that led to overpayments were completely outside the control of anybody in Mississippi. For example, the system that verifies someone's Social Security number was just straight up down for several months. Oh, my so what gosh. Do you, do with you can't fix that. <laughs> I didn't right? know that. Yeah, so so you, have all, you have this cocktail, right? And that's the problem. The point is, let's not create the cocktail next time. And I assume you and uh, the prosecutorial agencies are doing everything you can to pursue as much of this as you can where you can. The Secret Service is leading the national effort. MDES is going to have to get the money back at the local level. Prosecutors are going to have to haul as many of these folks as they can into court so they can find. What a dang mess. If we can even find them, that's a part of the problem. So. Shad, always a pleasure having you on, sir. It's a great discussion, very informative. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. good to see you. Yep, good to see you. We'll be right back on the JT Show. Stay with us. This show was previously recorded. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is Mississippi's largest General Motors business elite dealer. We make it easy to maintain your fleet with over 100 work-ready vehicles available for your job site. Diesel, gas, trucks, vans, and service bodies. And we build to your business specifications. It really is easier with Rogers Dab's fleet. Call the Rogers Dab's business elite fleet team today at 866-671-4226 or visit us online at rogersdabs.com. Rogers Dab Chevrolet. Find new roads. In the house, my friend Lee Garland of EXP. What's happening, Lee? 2020 was an incredible year. We sold hundreds of houses. Matter of fact, and thank you, you took care of a family member. What was so unique about selling that home was the buyer who bought it, bought it sight unseen. They bought it from the videos, photos, and drone footage that we shot. They did not actually step foot in the house until the week before closing. 
Share with us some of the other advantages of the marketing campaign. One of the things that we do is we give sellers options. We give them the option of assurance, convenience, and the ability to get top dollar on their property. If the seller needs the assurance that their house is going to sell, we can guarantee that sale. If it doesn't sell at the end of the listing agreement, we'll buy it. And that's what makes you guys leader in the market. We are the number one team in central Mississippi. We spend more money marketing properties than anybody else. We have an advertising budget of almost a half a million dollars where the average agent only spends 250 to $500 a month. Go to LeeWillBuyIt.com or call us at 601-983-1130. Morgan Stone has been serving builders, contractors, and homeowners since 1997. They have everything for interior and exterior projects. We have all kinds of stuff. Marcus, let me tell them. Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone. That's right, Zeta. I'm Zoe Morgan. We're rock solid since 1997. Statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morgan Stone in Brandon. Morganstone.com. Due to a national blood shortage, Mississippi Blood Services is in critical need of donations to refill our supply. Summer travel is ahead and the need continues. Please help Mississippi Blood Services recover their supply of much-needed blood as we move into the summer months. Visit msblood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you to donate blood today. That's msblood.com. It's that time of deer again. The time to save some bucks at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolden since 1871. All deer products 10% off during our customer appreciation week. Monday, September the 6th through Saturday, September the 11th. 50 pounds of corn, 749. 50 pounds of 131313, 1275. 50 pounds of rice bran, 799. And a 350-pound boss butt feeder for only $249.99. It's that time of deer again. Customer appreciation week at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. Mississippians are dying each day as a result of COVID-19. And if you're not vaccinated, you're at risk. I'm Rebecca Turner. I'm vaccinated because I want to set a great example for my children and also keep them safe. If you want to save lives and also get back to normal, get vaccinated. We know the vaccine is safe and it works, but only if you get it. You can find a COVID vaccine near you by going to vaccines.gov. This message is brought to you by Supertalk Mississippi Media. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program? Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. To good things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. This show was previously recorded. This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
Story from Don Henley, formerly of the Eagles. Great tune. Always makes me think of Miami Vice for some reason. It's kind of the same era. Of course, you had the keyboard in the background that helps. Yeah, that's right. Agree. Great show. Uh, So, I guess Cockroach will be renamed as well, since we can't say cockpit anymore, right? (laughs) On the C Spire text line. Somebody, I'm looking for the text. I apologize. I lost it. And uh, all of them rolling in. It said, talking about Vietnam, my comment about we pulled out said, no, we strategically left. We didn't pull out. Well, the only point I was trying to make there is we fought this bloody, grotesque war. We lost many Americans. Many were injured uh, and returned. And they did not return to gracious welcomes from Americans, people just opposed the war. But we didn't achieve any objectives. Uh, The primary reason, according to most historians and accounts, is that we were trying to to, uh, stop the, the spread of communism. Heck, in this country today, we're spreading it in our classrooms. There are members of our Congress that, uh, seem to be on board with the murderous style of government and ideology. So that's the only point I was trying to make, is we didn't stay to truly stop the spread. We didn't really accomplish anything. I don't think, I don't know that any clear-thinking person would say, yeah, we not only won the war, we achieved the objectives. I don't. The objectives were kind of loosely defined, honestly. It wasn't like we were, we had some, I don't know, piece of land or trying to defend some assets belonging to this country or anything along those lines. I mean, we can get into just really deep discussions about that, and I'm not going to do it, but I I just wanted to kind of clarify what I was saying there. Um. Then, uh, let's see, maybe Biden needs to scold Central America about not paying their people $15 an hour. That's from Bill and Brandon. Yeah, they're they're fleeing corrupt governments uh, in many cases, and we keep sending money to them, which, which just gets stolen, essentially, and doesn't really make it to its intended use. So there's some truth to that, but... I think you got to be honest. He, the Democrats, the vice president, they've pretty much put down the welcome mat. I mean, and all the leaders in Guatemala, um, in Central America, when Harris visited there a while back, a few weeks ago, they all said, "Yeah, you you guys are inviting everybody up, so they're they're taking off. They're they're coming out of this country and going into yours, and and we just seem to be." Um, a, a dismissive of that, our federal government does on the Democrat size, side. CCN Senatobia says, poor Joe's cheese has slid off the cracker and onto the floor, and some rats devoured it. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, so there's just a lot of stuff going on with respect to this crime speech by Joe. And then yesterday, by the way, the bipartisan group 
has come out in favor of uh, an infrastructure bill. And the president immediately, a few hours later, said, unless it includes all the Democrat wish list, I'm out. I'm not going to sign it. It's $1.2 trillion. It is targeted more at traditional infrastructure for the most part, except I think there's a a, uh, chunk of money in there to dramatically expand the ranks of the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, boy. With the under the auspices of chasing those dirty, greedy, evil, selfish, wicked, rich people. And I think that folks who believe they will only target those at the high end of the income scale with respect to their tax returns, I disagree. They're going to be in everybody's grill up and down the income spectrum, just bludgeoning all of us many times to uh, drill a dry hole, honestly. But we're going to pay for that, so we're just going to have an expansion of the IRS bureaucracy. Bad move, bad idea. We'll see where all this goes. We'll talk about that more next week. The infrastructure plan, plans for reconciliation. we got to go because we're out of time here on the JT Show. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe and God bless. This show was a Super Talk Mississippi media production.